Welcome to the Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in Southern Ontario. My name's Ian, and my co-host Jason will be joining me shortly, just as soon as he's done polishing his Nemesis Force halberd. This is episode 17, and tonight we will be focusing on supporting your local hobby store, or, if you prefer, pay where you play. We start off with some hobby progress and games played, then we get into our second ever segment of State of the Game. Instead of our usual rules lawyering, we discuss the draft FAQ and the effect on the game. We round out the show after the main topic with Beyond the Rim, where we talk about our first session of Edge of the Empire. Uh, be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash maelstrom, where we post hobby progress and updates. We're also on iToysoldiers at itoysoldiers.com slash wrong-side-maelstrom. If you wish to contact us via email, we can be reached at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. Finally, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, and give us a five-star rating or whatever rating you believe we deserve. Also, Brimstone Games in Windsor has a miniatures night on Tuesdays, so be sure to check that out. If you're local to Windsor, join the Greater Windsor Table Warriors over at itoysoldiers.com and come out to the regular club days to get some games in. My and Jason's home store is Games Workshop at Young Lawrence, so come by and have some games. Please enjoy tonight's episode, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. <laughs> week or two week or two you know what i said last time i was gonna finish my um my execution force yeah right because we're doing this uh slow build narrative campaign Mm -hmm. and uh i'm starting off with just an execution force and an inquisitor yeah and i had just been like delaying 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 i bought an xbox one a few months ago and like video games just consume my life now it's a horrible addiction. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Actually, um, Mike from the last episode said the other day, he's like, if you play video games, you do a lot less painting. Yeah, and it's true. truer words were never spoken. Is, if you listen to other podcasts, a lot of hosts complain about it. They're yeah. like, oh, the new game just came out. I've been spending all my time instead of hobbying. Yeah. It's common. Um, but I decided I was going to like crack down, start doing mm-hmm. a lot more painting. Um. So I ended up finishing the execution force more or less. There's a few small details that I still have to go back and do. Yeah. Um, like I think on the Evasaur, he has like a light on his shoulder. Oh, I have to paint okay. that. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of um, lighting effects that I want to do on the Cluxus. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I finished them all up. At least the tabletop quality yeah, yeah. that I'm going to put them out there and be like, yeah, those guys are. Oh, it's those guys are done to the regular eye. Well, it's better than my best, so, you know, <laughs> your tabletop's way above. I my... really like what I did with the Evasaur. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, because he's such, like, a muscular model. It's such a beautiful model, Um, all the yeah. detail and all the muscles, because he's supposed to be like, just, like, absolutely shredded. Mm-hmm. Um, So I really took my time and, like, edge highlighted, like, every single muscle that I could see just to make it seem like he's just about to, like, rip out of that suit. Yeah, yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I, beautiful model. Changed it up a little mm-hmm. bit. I have them in like a red uh, jumpsuit kind of. Yeah. And then I tried to go with like this older archaic um, like metal, like it had been passed down through the ages. Yeah. Like when this when this assassin died, then you got the the Eversor helmet from like from that. I mean, they all blow up, so probably not. But like this old Whenever they this recovered. old Im- this old Imperium to style. Yeah. All that like archaic technology that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that I'm not too thrilled about is the Vindicare. Okay. Um, yeah, you've sort of been on the fence with this guy for a while now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it ended up better than I thought it was gonna be, mm-hmm. but I'm still not like super super impressed with it. Did did you end up doing? I it's pretty dim in here. So did you end up doing the blue or is that green on his suit? It is. It's a blue. It's a blue. Yeah, it's okay. Cantor blue. Nice. Um, but same thing. Like his mask is like that grayish color. Like his mm-hmm. mask piece has been passed down. And then I added like all this because it's the Vindicator assassin from the Execution yeah. Force box, right? Mm-hmm. And so normally he's just like up against the post. Yeah. And I added all these like like uh, all this ammo. And like yeah, use clips face. around his feet, so it's like yeah. he, this guy is posting up. He is ready for some action. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got tons of bullets just stacked up at his feet, and just ready to go for a long asshole. Yeah. And then uh, I was gonna Jake, go like, don't you know it's one shot, one kill, not thirty shots? <laughs> not apparently when I play him, <laughs> I can't seem to make a single kill with him. Oh. Um. Uh. But I'm learning how to use them. They're yeah. Assassins are awesome because they're like. They're really, really good, but you still have to be pretty tactical with them because they only have a four plus save. Yeah, it's an invul, but like a bunch of a bunch of bolter fire can take them out. Yeah, fifty percent right? of the time they're eating it. So. Yeah, um, so you have to be really tactical with them, especially they the they, fact that you can like infiltrate them. You can mm-hmm. you tend to want to be like, oh, I can put her one inch away from people, like the Calvis assassin. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you can't charge that turn, so don't just go putting her. I mean, you can only take snapshots against them, but against yeah. her, but whatever. Well, it's also, they're, they don't have Eternal Warrior, so they're getting doubled out pretty easily. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. at strength 8, but yeah, still. Yeah. Um, and then with my Calexus Assassin, I was going to mm-hmm. go like full gold. Okay. All gold everything. Um, decided to change it up a little bit because I think the all gold wasn't giving him enough variety. Right. So I went with that helmet being that classic, like, dull, old metal look. Yeah. And then um, adding a bunch of, like, I went kind of RGB. Had some red, some blue, and some green in there, mm-hmm. um, just to bring out more variety of color in the model. Yeah, but the gold still really stands out. Yeah, definitely. No, he looks good. Like you did a good job, and I, it's I've never seen Calexus uh, or any assassin, I guess, painted with that gold. So, yeah, I've had a few comments when I've played with him on the table where someone will walk past and be like, "Stop and look at me. Is that a gold Calexus assassin?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself, man? Uh, I haven't really got too much painting done. I finally finished the Blood Crushers, which have just been on my table. I started them, like, I don't know, six weeks, four to six weeks ago, right before I got sick, and then I never got back to them. So they're finally done. I just need to glue them together and base them. Uh, I don't have the right bases for them, so I'm just going to, like, put some, uh, you know, like, city rubble on there and use the... Uh, Whatever the gray texture paint is, I don't remember uh, what it's called. Astro granite. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. So I'm just gonna do up city bases you have like that? that. Yep, okay. I bought it. I've got everything. I've just yeah, yeah. been lazy as hell. So they're all done with the, uh, you know, black uh, blood letters, and 
all the blood crushers are like silver and bronze. I posted up some pictures, so by the mm-hmm. time this airs, people have had a chance. Yeah, to see looking them. pretty good. We were working uh, at GW with Zimmer the yeah. other day on getting oh, that like yeah, glowing yeah. effect coming out of the vents. Yeah, so I did the vents on their um like rib cage, like uh, did some red basing and then used a red glaze to mm-hmm. just kind of do some OSL glowing. So this was your first time glazing, right? I might have used it once or twice before in my storm guard, but not like to this effect. How'd you like it? Um, it was okay. Like I, it's a little bit of work, I, right? Yeah, but I mean, you just make sure you've got other stuff to do. So other stuff just to do. Yeah. Hands. Um, I spilled half the pod at one point. I but, remember you know, that. Yeah, you yeah. came at me. You're like, oh, I got stabbed. You had like a paper towel yeah, just with full all the, of red glaze. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, man, glazing. It takes some effort, especially if you want to do it nice and proper. Yeah. You really got to water it down. Because um, I do it with mm-hmm. my Grey Knights. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing like, because I tend to do like kind of two or three models at once. Yeah. I don't tend to do like a full squad. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, actually now I'm switching over, but I'm kind of speed painting right now. Yeah. But what I've decided to do was not to glaze any more of my Grey Knights until I have them all painted. Mm. And then I'll glaze everything at once yeah because you have to water it down and then let it dry before you even go attempt to do the next layer yeah, yeah. and that's how you get that like glowing effect that edging effect mm-hmm. almost like a wet blend um but since you have to let it dry instead of working on two or three models and then waiting half an hour yeah i figure i'll do the whole thing and by the time i get to the end of one model i can go back to the first yeah. one it's probably been dried already well, I, I did sub assembly on my blood crushers so the blood letters and all the heads were separate so mm-hmm. i would do like a layer of glaze and then switch over to the riders mm-hmm. and uh like dry brush some gray or uh brown on those guys but i they looked really good i got a few comments at the store last night that's saying the metal turned out really well and that was just a base coat wash and dry brush so mm-hmm. yeah the technique's been killing it for my sigmar uh, other than that, though, all I've done is just built some scouts. Yeah, you got the scouts from the uh, Lost Patrol, right? Yeah, I got five from Lost Patrol, and then I bought another five just from like the regular box. Now, I noticed that they were like red plastic, but were they just built like regular scouts, or was it yeah, like just, a... it's a regular scout kit? There's just red plastic. And oh, okay, that's same good. thing with the Gene Steelers, but purple. Mm-hmm. So I was afraid that it was going to be like really, really simplified, like. A child yeah. could build it, type of thing. Yeah, but. I was a little worried too. That, but I checked it ahead of time, and they actually had like mm-hmm. the sprues on the red website. So I'm like, okay, it's red. That's fine. Like, it's getting it's painted anyways. Mm-hmm. So, but it was the same kit. Right on. Uh, well, we just did an episode on conversions, and I think you did a little bit of converting. Yeah, with the scouts. just just a touch. Um, I got heads. I'm pretty sure from Secret Weapon Miniatures just. Bottom found I was like searching for scout heads because I'm not a, a lot like a lot of people I'm not a huge fan of the ones that come with it, so I found just human heads with a uh, berets on them, mm-hmm. so they look pretty good. They might be a touch small, but I don't really care. I think they look good. Yeah, with the third party stuff, sometimes it doesn't always match up. I, I think, bought like yeah. shields for like, crusaders. Yeah, and they have like a spot where like a closed fist hand can kind of like slide right in there oh, okay like yeah. especially for like a space marine type hand mm-hmm. it slides right in there perfectly but the problem is like with the actual space marine hands that don't have like the bold the angle of like the fist doesn't really line up with the yeah. way like it doesn't look like a shield is supposed to hold it so third-party bits they're nice but sometimes they don't always match up properly. Well, yeah i don't think these are these are probably more scaled towards guardsmen than space yeah, marines yeah. so but i don't know they're different i think they'll look good um it's the only unit in my army i think that is fully bare heads so mm-hmm. 
the homestand out. I did a few little conversions. Like the sergeant has a like a power gladius and like a crested helm. Uh, one of the guys, his uh, knife is actually just a hormigon claw. So yeah, yeah, I remember you showed me that. That's yeah. actually really cool. I like that. That's floppy. Yeah, yeah he, I think that one's my favorite. But uh, I'll mention it now instead of uh, Beyond the Rim. But I built a box of ten blood warriors and ordered some i still need to put some heads on but i, I want to do bare heads again because mm-hmm. i'm doing like a mad max theme yeah so i'm gonna do the armor like silver and light the blood crushers with uh bronze highlights and then do like a very bleached white skin with like Ooh. black like makeup almost mm-hmm. just like the uh war boys from fury road right on so i'll see how that works after building them i realize they way more armor than war boys do so uh, probably for the best white is pretty tough to paint i'm thinking maybe it, we'll bust out the airbrush if you want to maybe if you airbrush white it ends up being a lot smoother but than it's it. just like little bits of white That's oh okay thing. it's not like so i was gonna do like a base coat skin and then a wash and then just dry brush a few layers of white on oh the skin. okay so then that's so. fine i thought you were gonna do like full white on them no it just needs to be like it looks i think they get like dusted skin i'm not sure i'm and look at some pictures and maybe do a bit of research but i know there's one scene where they're like blowing dust on a morden joe right at the beginning so i'm wondering if that's sort of like the war boys like they've got dusted or dyed skin yeah i so. wonder if even if you could take the airbrush from like far far away mm-hmm. and just give them a little yeah dusting almost right well i could do it before i paint the armor and mm-hmm. that would you know then i can just go over to the armor. i'll see i'll see this weekend i'm gonna yeah. try and get them done for the tournament All right. what about you other than the uh, anything else other than the assassins, um, okay. So I've started painting my gray knights, okay. And this will kind of let's lead into hobby goals, sure. Because I'm I'm putting it out there. I'm saying it on the podcast, so I'm like making a challenge to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my gray knights for armies on parade. Nice, um, October fifteenth. So it's not a lot of models. I think I have something like. Uh, 5, 10, 11, I think I have something like 12 models okay. to paint. That's doable. And then I'm In going seven to... Seven uh, weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm gone for two of them, but... That's true. Uh, and then I'm going to be buying the secret weapon, uh, was it Urban Rubble? Yeah, the, like, Ur- uh, Ur- Ruined Streets, I think, is the name. Like yeah. there, there are tiles like mm-hmm. the ones I have. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like the ones you have. Um, they have like a two by two display board. Yep, it's actually like four one by one squares. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be buying that for my display board, and that's the same bases as the one as like the bases that I bought for my Grey Knights. Yeah, so it should all match together. So I got twelve models, and then that display board to paint mm-hmm. and to like flock and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm laying that challenge down for myself. I'm going to get that done. Nice. Force myself to. So I started working on the Termies. Uh, it's coming along slowly. Those are, mo- man, Grey Knights. Um, I was talking to our buddy the other day about this, that Grey Knights are the type of models where like, man, they don't look good until, I mean, the models themselves look good. But like painting wise, they don't look good until you're like 80, 85, yeah. 90% done. Because they have so many little ornaments and details and, mm-hmm. and, uh, all these little things that like, man, until you get all the details and all of those done and start highlighting all of those individual bits, yeah, they don't look good. Yeah. So I'm just like, I painted for like two hours last night and afterwards stepped back and looked at it and I was like, wow, I feel like I did nothing. 
Yeah, that's a that's a problem because it's really discouraging, right? When you just put all that work in and feel like you got nothing accomplished. Yeah. Where when you're doing like, I find when I'm painting terrain, I get really energized because it's just dry brushing with a massive brush. Yeah. And it's I get so much done so quickly. Mm-hmm. So, but it's okay. Like I said, uh, it's only like twelve models. Yeah, so exactly. I should be able to get all of that done. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself, man? Um. I am also aware of the Army's on Parade Challenge. <laughs> uh, do you know if there's any like qualifiers for how recently you had to paint the models, or is it just any time? No, I think it's any time. Okay, because I, I also, like, I have my city display table, and I can use those tiles mm-hmm. for a display, so I might, that'll be around, you know, that'll be month t- a month in the Escalation campaign, so mm-hmm. I should have... A fair amount of your uh, Blood Angels. Like fully based and painted, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I might do that. Right or on. I'd like to do the scaving because they're looking really good and I can get a lot done, but I don't have a display board for them. I don't think you have to have a display board. I think that you can use the 2 by 2 tiles at GW. I know last year some people did. I don't oh, know if okay. now, I don't know if that's official rules. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe the store manager at the time just allowed people to. Right. Um but maybe that's something to ask about that you don't yeah. you might not need to have that. Well, I have all the bases done like cobblestone, so I'd want like a specific Clear cobblestone, cobblestone base or something yeah, like that. Yeah, display yeah. board, but mm-hmm. I don't want to spend money on like a night like excuse me, if I had like a secret weapon, if the secret weapon miniatures for example, cuz most of the bases I have are from there. Yeah. And they had like a cobblestone display board, I don't want to drop money on it. Yeah, the so. secret weapon one that I'm looking at is like 100 bucks. Yeah, exactly. For a little two by two display board, which I mean, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice board. Like I, you've yeah, seen the I eventually want to get so. like a display case for my place. Mm-hmm. So if it was two by two, I'd be able to slide that display board in and then put my gray knights on that shelf, yeah. and then that's kind of just like that's the gray knight shelf, or even just like a one by one on each yeah, shelf something or something like that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'll see. Like I already have my table. That's the same thing, like the ruined cityscape mm-hmm. for secret weapon, secret weapon miniature. So I might just do my Blood Angels because I've done that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just, you, you just still... for the record, they're not a sponsor of the show. We just use their products. I really, the I like their stuff. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into games played. You had an interesting game the other day. Yeah. So I played Jacob, who I'd never really inter- Well, I might have interacted with him, but like I didn't know him too well. But he's at the Games Workshop, Young and Lawrence, like our home store. And we got a quick 1,500-point Blood Angels game. I just threw together a list, and he just pulled one off his phone, like off Battlescribe, and we threw down. And we say Blood Angels game. It was. Yeah, Blood, Blood Angels, Angels on Blood Angels. Yeah. <laughs> so he had, he was trying out like a Dreadnought list. So I think he had three, maybe even four Dreadnoughts. So like a Librarian, Dreadnought is this Warlord, and then two or three Furiosos with... I think they both had frag cannons and melty guns. Mm-hmm. All those in drop pods. Then I think he had another... He had like a bunch of min-maxed uh, assault squads. So five guys with two melty guns and a compi melta. At least two, those, two of those squads. Two devastator squads. And then a few more tactical squads. Like one to rhino with lots of flamers. I had a uh, big unit of scouts. Uh, it's another tactile squad or a tactile squad and a razorback. 
two, I want, I think two uh, assault squads, at least one 10 man assault squad, melted guns, I had a land raider with death company and chaplain in it and grav bikes. That was more or less it. it might be one or two other things. And I just got like my face kicked in. <laughs> so land raider got immobilized on turn one with the dread lucky shot from a melted gun on dreadnought. And I made a choice. I was, oh yeah, I couldn't make a reserve roll to save my life. <laughs> Even though I got a uh, Descent of Angels Warlord trait, so I get to re-roll them. Yeah. And I made a choice at one point where it was either go for his Librarian Dread with my Deep Striking Melta Assault Squad or something else. I don't remember what the other thing was. It was like a minor threat. But at the time, like I just computed, like I'll go for that yeah. tactical squad or whatever it was instead of the Dreadnought, deal with the Dreadnought later, and then the Assault Squad just got tied up and killed, and the Librarian Dread uh, went into combat with my Death Company, and nothing in there could hurt it, and they're fearless, so they can't fall back due to our weapons are useless, like the one time that comes yeah. up. So that was just the game. And we like I deep-struck them in, and then went to grab food, and while I was waiting in line, pizza, pizza, I'm like, I just fucked up. <laughs> that was the wrong decision. So, that pretty much cinched it. Uh, we called it early after, like, turn three or four. And, mm -hmm. But yeah, very different Blood Angels army than from what I've run. Yeah. Kind of gave me some insight into what the Codex can do. He had, like, a... Was it actually a Vindicator he had No, there? he was proxying those as Rhinos. Oh, as Rhinos, okay. Yeah. But he had Devastator squads out there too, didn't he? He had two Devastator squads mm -hmm. uh, with Plasma, and the other one might have been Missiles. A lot I more think. shooty than what you normally run. Yeah, and I have... I could run a very similar list to what he has. Like, mm -hmm. I have most of those models. So, it, like I said, it's kind of opened my eyes to, like, what that list or what that codex can do so i think i need to if you know if there's a tournament that i want to jump into that's around like a thousand to fifteen hundred points i yeah. might try running a list like that and mm -hmm. just see how I, or i could just run it and see how i like it but i don't know i'm trying really hard to make my assaulty blood angels work just today, you sent me a link. So I to... wanted to take a, a small break away from sure. James played to talk about this. Yeah, speaking of Blood Angels. Yeah, and yeah. I posted it on our Facebook. On our uh, Facebook today. page, yeah, Spiky Bits posted this. At least that's where I saw it first. Um, mm -hmm. A Blood Angels list that at a tournament went six and zero. Um, I don't know what tournament it was. If it was like a, I don't think it was like really really big. I think it but... was an ET, like a European team tournament. Yeah, I think because his think you're team right. didn't do very well. They yeah. only came. Well, I don't know how many people were in the tournament, but his team came eighth. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's eight out of ten. That's pretty bad. But if it's eight out of like two hundred and fifty six, I think it was good. a big tournament. So I think it was, they said it was a respectable placing. So maybe eight out of fifty or something. Yeah. Anyways, um, but it was basically a dreadnought list. Mm -hmm. And it had two level two librarian dreadnoughts. Yeah. It had uh, three contemptor dreadnoughts with uh, two assault cannons and a multi melta. Was a multi melta or melta gun? I, no, you take a multi melta on a. I, yeah, I know on contemptors you can do that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um, and then. Caster the Damned, yeah. who's the special death company dreadnought that comes in the uh, shield of ball. And he's a death storm. Choice. 
Yeah, he is a troop choice. And four um, men-sized uh, tactical squads, two with melted guns, two with flamers, I believe. Maybe that heavy flamers. Right, yeah. I don't know if you can take heavy flamers. In your in tact- yeah, and blood So angels. maybe with heavy flamers, all in drop pods. Now, the other thing is, though, all the dreadnoughts were in Lucius pattern uh, drop pods. Yeah. Which allow you to assault the turn they come in. Now, are you sure about that? Because I thought that got changed. Oh, maybe it got changed. They used, they, it's how they used to work, and now it's something... They get like stealth or shrouded the turn they come in. Okay, well, regardless, having a benefit from it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're 50 points, but they're useful. Yeah, and are they, how do you buy those models? Are they just regular drop pods or are they no, dreadnought drop pods? They're Forge World dreadnought drop yeah, pods. Yeah, so they're I don't larger. Know the... the footprint's larger. Yes. And you're also getting a troop choice one as well because it's yeah. a dedicated transport for a troop. Yeah, so it's a, uh, yeah, and this was just single CAD. Yeah, single a big CAD. Tournament. Um, I'm not going to lie. I feel kind of a dick because I'm not like, I don't know a lot of Blood Angels lore or anything like that. But this might be my tournament list. I, I'm really interested in building this. Oh, really? Playing it. Yeah. I really love the way this list works, the way it plays. It takes a lot of people off guard. Contemptor yeah. Dreadnoughts, Front Armor 13. You are just wrecking people. Yeah. Um, Even if you ran Furiosa Dreadnoughts with Frag Cannons. Because they're also front armor thirteen. Yeah, yeah. they've similar stats. Uh, they're too. lesser points too, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Significantly so you could probably get. Less. I think like fifty points less. Yeah. Uh, now yeah, the contemptor that. has an invul save though, doesn't it? It has five plus against shooting, six plus against melee. I believe that's right. Yeah. Um, but it gets plus one inch to its explosion. I believe. Um, it, it gets a bigger explosion and it has fleet too, which you know that's the reroll to charge. So yeah, that's yeah. really handy. And I feel like if you make that um I was looking over rules today so forgive me of my blood angels knowledge but it's not the ball strike force it's not the flesh terrors one it's like the archangels one or something like that. Okay. Which I think gives you descent of angels which allows you to reroll your reserves and it's a d6 scatter instead of 2d6. Descent of angels that's the warlord trait it only applies to jump troops and skimmers and stuff it wouldn't apply to drop pods. Oh, it wouldn't pods. apply to drop pods. Oh, unless okay. it's something special for the archangels but that's what descent I of think angels it would, typically okay, is. Okay, maybe so. that's not descent of angels then, but it's um, from what I read it was d6 to your scatter Minus only one d6. Only one yeah. d6 uh which I mean your drop pods aren't going to be mishapping anyways. Yeah. So if they did change the Lucius pattern where you can't assault first turn, okay, fine, whatever. But if you can and you're only scattering D6, mm-hmm. man, you're getting some first turn charges guaranteed. Even if it even if it scatters full, drop pods are so easy to position in a place because they don't, um, what's the term? They don't mishap on troops, right? Or terrain, really. Yeah, yeah. Like they only mishap or they go off the board. Yeah. So either way, though, I think it's a really cool list. Um, it's one of the first lists I've seen that does well. And I'm not like, yeah, okay, it does well, but that's a boring list to play. Yeah, it looks like, like I've a said lot this, I've fun. said this before, and I know I get a little bit of hate from it. I'm sorry, Val. Um I don't like double storm surge and Tau is my main army. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna play Grey Knights in a tournament because same thing, I don't want to run triple dread knight. Yeah. Um I just find like double storm surge or per like drone factory, I find that shit boring. Um, well, whereas like it, this seems like it's a single CAD. Yeah, it's a bit of a dreadnought spam, but so. When was the last time you dreadnoughts have been useful? Yeah, like exactly. Fifth ed, fourth yeah. ed. Um, so. so we'll see. I don't know. I have some other things that I want to work on as well, but I might just like suck it up and buy all the stuff for this I in mean, like one shot 
and just build it all so I have like a tournament list that I'm cool with running and then I'll start going to more tournaments. You could also like try it out, like borrow some of my stuff. No, yeah, exactly. I'll do that before I actually go ahead and buy it. But I'm thinking this is probably going to be my tournament list. Nice. I might, um, I might make a variant on it because I have three dreads plus a librarian dread I still need to build. Mm -hmm. So that could be interesting. I think having the two level two librarians on the table as well is pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, do they work just like regular librarians? Like they're level two psychers, right? You can just yeah, roll. They, yeah, they count as leadership of 10. Yeah, they have two powers. If it's your warlord, you can only roll in the blood angels table, but okay. they can take from multiple disciplines. Mm-hmm. Right on. So they're pretty standard. You lose hull points instead of wounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they're good. Like they're armor thir- front armor 13, strength 7 uh, They have base. a strength 10 force weapon. Yeah. That's, I was getting to that. Yeah. AP2 initiative, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Like, And if you give them, if it's a ball strike force, they get plus one initiative, right? On the charge, or, yeah. On the charge, yeah. So you're coming in there, initiative five. Yeah. With AP2 weapons, strength yeah. 10. You're tearing some shit up. With four or five attacks. Yeah. Base. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't, I think their weapons end up being like specialist weapons. So they don't, you don't get um bonuses. Yeah, because it's not too power fits, right? No, I think one of them is a specialist weapon and one is But Caster has um claws, doesn't he? He probably yeah. I think he does, so it's uh shred. Strength ten AP two shred. Yeah. And <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I have to step away while I laugh. I'm pretty sure the uh now that I'm thinking about I think the contemptors had blood talons too. You can give them blood talons. I think he had them. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I was doing it on what's it called today on that on Battle, Battle Scribe. Scribe. Yeah. yeah. Um okay, so getting back to games played. I played a game against Alfonso. Right. We uh, we scheduled this game, talked about the armies that we're bringing and stuff. Um, I was bringing my Grey Knights with my Execution Force just because I kind of want to keep playing that, getting the hang of it. And he brought his Word Bearers with uh, two Achilles Land Raiders. Oh, two of them. Yeah, two of them. I oh. thought he was only bringing one, and uh, he busted out two. He had mentioned that he has two, and he was thinking about running two. And then I thought he was only going to have one. But it ended up being two. Were, were it, they painted? Uh, I don't remember. This is his 30k word bearers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't remember. Uh, was he running them 30k rules? Uh, I don't know. I don't think not 30k rules. No, he okay. was running like um a special. I don't think the only re- way he could take it is if he he was playing this special type of formation where you get to you have to lay down like a small blast template and he has to get to that. So I have to like defend it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I don't know enough about forge world stuff. I have no problem admitting that although i am going to start dwelling into it soon yeah you see, this seemed to have soured your taste but then again that list the blood angels list seems to have got you jazzed for it now so. yeah yeah um but yeah i it the outcome of the game wouldn't have changed whether it was one achilles or two achilles i got my ass handed to me yeah um man gray knights is so tough like every model dying is just so much and he had some thunder fire cannons and it was just so many shots coming my way that it's like well you can i couldn't roll a three plus save to save the life of me but regardless that, that like, ten tends to hurt space rings yeah but regardless even if you fail one that's like 20 points or 30 points yeah it's so yeah. much of my army being taken off the board um and once again my vindicator just couldn't take a shot for the life of him uh i know he got to have uh free apothecary upgrades to his sergeants and his tactical squads. So maybe he wasn't running uh word bearers. Maybe oh, he was running something he was else. Running, um, oh, it's red, scorpions. red scorpions. That's, that is what he was running. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. 
Um, oh, okay. So two Achilles and then Forge World chapter tactics, which you're supposed to model if you're going to be using them. Too. Oh, it was modeled. Everything was modeled. Everything With was apothecaries. Yeah. Oh. Everything okay. was. There was no proxy in the army. It was a beautiful army. Oh, okay. Um, and we still have a fun game. Like Alfonso's a great guy. I love playing mm-hmm. with Alfonso. Um, so it's still a great game. I just got my ass handed to me, and it kind of made me realize that like we agreed on the game beforehand. So yeah. I have like no problem with it at all. Uh, but unless you talk to your opponent beforehand, like, Hey, this is what I'm taking from forge world. These are the rules for it and stuff like that. And it's agreed upon that. That's okay. I don't think forge world has any right to be on the table in just a regular pickup game against people. It is so OP man. So fucking OP. I think there's, I know the, I know your argument is like the game is already pretty OP, but I'm yeah. running fucking gray knights, man. Like, mm-hmm. I did not stand a chance in that game. Well, Grey Knights, that's one of their big weaknesses is dealing with Mass heavy amounts, armor. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I have that I, strength 10, but like, man, one a land raider though. that you can't have Lance, can't have fucking Melta. Like, even at a strength, like how much strength 8 do you have in a fucking army to begin with? Yeah. Right? Strength 10 in an army is like, well, okay, maybe you have one or two models that have like strength 10, but strength mm-hmm. 8, even then, is like, unless you're running a unit of fucking Crisis Sooth with strength 8 fusion blasters... You can still only glance it. Yeah. You can't even... You're not getting a pen. Yeah. You, you can't... No Melta effects, no nothing on it. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that usually with high armor and stuff like that, like glancing things to death is the name of the game right now. But... Yeah, but you're glancing on sixes. That's yeah, the problem. Man. Yeah. Uh, they're just like impenetrable. I don't know. <laughs> I guess well, you need D weapons. I guess that's kind of a... Wraith guard. Yeah. I don't know. I gotta, um, I gotta rethink this army. Well, my, well no, I, I play Grey Knights. I know that I'm not gonna win most games that I play. Well, but. you still need an answer for like two land raiders, or something. Yeah. So, but a good game. I just got my ass whooped. Yeah, it reminds me of a game I played ages ago against Aaron in Windsor, where he brought a Spartan and uh, had the same thing. Like Melta doesn't work. Uh, had a flare shield, so minus one of strength in his front arc. <laughs> the only anti tank I had was like. Melt guns on assault squads, which yeah. you know were deep striking next to his tanks and like only scattering D6, so guaranteed to get like four to six melted shots on each tank. Yeah, but glancing on sixes, so who cares? Yeah, some tough shit. Uh, mm-hmm. hey man, if anyone has any opinions on how we can counter stuff like that, let's talk about it on Facebook. Yeah, we'll get that discussion in, going, especially in Grey Knights. Just teach me how to play Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know how to Warhammer, Jason? Yeah, don't I even Warhammer. So yeah, we both got our asses whooped, and then we played a game against each other. Yeah. Would you care to? Well, Jay and I were feeling pretty low, so we decided to have a friendly game where we knew two losers just bash heads against each other. Yeah. But, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jay and I had a gentleman's agreement for the game where I was going to bring the beat-stickiest... Blood Angels army I could think of, and Jay was going to shoot himself in the foot by only bringing Tau on on foot. Yeah. So no um, no monstrous creatures, no ghost keels, no storm surges, no riptides. He brought a full like six troop CAD. I did I bring the piranha? I think I brought a piranha. The piranha was not there, but that was because we bumped up to two thousand. Yeah, Originally right. playing eighteen fifty, I didn't have a piranha. And yeah. then all I had was infantry. It had to have the infantry label in it. Yeah. So I had. Uh, you also had the. Tank. I think I had um, seven crisis suits in it. I mean, okay, I had a devil too. fish, but yeah. that's a dedicated transport for a. 
for infantry. Yeah, you had like uh, four fire warrior squads, breacher team, and devilfish, and a big squad of crew. A big squad of crew, and then I had two units of pathfinders. Yeah. Uh, no drone, no marker drones. Just I had marker drones that were just um, part with, of fire warrior. Yeah, units. like the you can t- uh, Shazwi can take two drones. No, no marker drone units. Units, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I wanted to. Change it up a little bit. Change the the current meta, mm-hmm. uh, and then. But I also took an ethereal council. Yeah, that was because my the, the idea was okay. I'm gonna take a lot of infantry. Cool. I want them to benefit from rerollable leadership tests. Yeah. Get six plus feel no pain. Get those extra shots. All the fun stuff that you get from a 24 inch bubble from the ethereal council. Mm-hmm. And I took my tide wall. Put them on the tide wall. Put the pathfinders on the round part, so they're rerolling ones on the bulbous tip. Yeah, so they can move and shoot because you can, if move that thing moves, wall. so they're not drones, but they can still move. Mm-hmm. They just can't jump, shoot, jump. But yeah, um, yeah, was not expecting to win this game at all. I was expecting to get absolutely stomped. Yeah, it was a close game. Um, I think it was interesting in the beginning because we were both infiltrating a lot of stuff. Like I had yeah, three yeah, units yeah. of scouts and you had... Double- I had Kroot and I had a unit of stealth suits and, and- Shadow Sun... Shadow uh, infiltrate with uh, with a unit of crisis, crisis suits. Yeah. yeah, so that was interesting. We're playing like city terrain with lots of line of sight blocking, but a decent killing field in front of your infantry too. Mm-hmm. So I hid most of my stuff. I charged your stealth suit. I think turn one. So this is a mistake that I made because I jumped out. They're behind a um, like a canister yeah it's like thing. a long canister thing that you bought um just like shipping so they're behind container. it they jumped over it shot i think they took out like four uh no, i don't think it was that many maybe they took least, out they took out some they took out a few assault they troops. caused a leadership test yeah. so at least three and then they maybe jumped four. and then they yeah. jumped back behind it mm-hmm. and i figured okay you're not gonna be able to see me so good luck charging me nah 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 um you still managed to get in one guy in line of sight yeah. in your turn and I was like, all right, that's cool. It's one guy, and I have like 18 shots mm-hmm. uh, and a fusion blaster shot of Overwatch. Yeah. Managed to kill that one guy. And then we had this discussion where I was like, well, you can't see me, so how are you supposed to charge me? And you're like, no, no, no. I'm busting the rule book out. Yeah. And I'd... I was completely wrong. I like the even if you kill the guys that are in line of sight. That are in line of sight, the unit still gets to make the charge, which I guess is kind of makes sense. The guy in front is like, come on, guys, let's go. And They're then you start charging. There. Yeah, and you start yeah. charging around and those guys get gunned down but everyone else still knows where you are so yeah it's a weird thing in the rules where um you only need to be in line of sight to declare the charge and then when they overwatch they can only kill what they can see Mm -hmm. so even if you only have one guy in line of sight and he dies the rest of the unit is safe and can still charge i mean your charge range is still reduced but of course yeah but that's still like a huge yeah, I mean, I, I would have taken out more than one guy, I think, from that Overwatch, if I remember correctly. But maybe. I mean, we're still talking about you were hitting on sixes because you didn't have any marker lights in there. Yeah. And, you know, three up saves and whatnot. But mm-hmm. it might have caused it wounds. And I've had that hat pulled on me, like with the unit of Harlequins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, it, I'm so. not arguing it because you know what? Like, assault, assault needs, yeah. needs it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, it didn't really matter because that stealth unit, like, Oh my held God. them up for three rounds it of combat. It was like one or two guys that were left that just held yeah. up an assault unit for three, I think, three rounds. Three rounds of combat. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy, man. That um that probably won me the game. 
I think I only won by like four points, though. It was a really high scoring point. I think the game ended up being like fifteen 13. or sixteen to to twelve or something like that. Didn't yeah, it? that sounds about right. Or thirteen to nine, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. really high scoring point game. Uh, which is strange too, because we were playing um, Spoils of War. Yeah, where you can claim and the other. Didn't subjective. draw a lot of secure objective cards. It was a lot of like because we were playing. Um, you were playing the Blood Angels deck, and I was playing the Tau deck. Right, and we were drawing a lot of the the specific the, ones. The Terrapult Blood Angel tactical objectives. Oh God, yeah, I had never actually taken a good look at those. What's up with that one card that's score one point? If your warlord is slain in combat, what? Heroic sacrifice, yeah. So so it's like, kill my warlord. I guess it's you're supposed to hang on to it as like, cool, if you kill my warlord, then I get a point as well. But like, it's not a card that you're ever going to go for. Well, it negates slay the warlord. Yeah. But that's it. So you're not scoring a point. You're just canceling It's just out. taking up potential points that you could be getting yeah. on other cards. No, I remember you saying just like right there. You're like, no, that's D three. That's bullshit. Yeah, I, I made house rule. If yeah. you do that, it's D three because that's a dumb card. Yeah, well, I like there are there are some cards that are just so stupid. Like in the Dark Eldar, it's like Death by a Thousand Cuts. If you kill a model from six or more units, you score a point or one whatever point. It is. Yeah, and I think Tau has one where if you kill a model in six different units, it's like D six victory points. Well, maybe it's like that for Dark Eldar. I don't remember, but it's like. Play terribly and we'll reward you. It's like great, <laughs> but I—that's one of my beefs with Maelstrom. Is like I've had that happen before, where I drew like secure objective two. I'm like, well, if I send this assault squad back to get that objective, I'll get a point, but then I'm screwing up my charge, and that unit will die in a turn. Yeah, and... Maelstrom's a completely different game than yeah, than Eternal War. Eternal War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. In, uh, the more and more I play, the more and more I come back to just liking kill points. Uh, I don't, but that's because I play Dark Eldar, which have so many kill points on yeah, the field. Yeah, yeah. Plus, Blood Angels, like I'm losing a lot of guys as I'm charging in. Yeah. So. But uh, I find missions, There's if you look in the Altar of War compendium or any Altar of War missions, there's a lot of them that mix it up. Mm-hmm. So there'll be objectives plus kill points. Yeah, okay, yeah, I like that. So... Um, I mean, I'm so used to just playing like Eternal War and um, Maelstrom. And Maelstrom. I think I played like one campaign game with Greg one time, mm. um, but maybe that was Cities of Death. And I guess that's technically that's a campaign book, right? Or is that just a supplement? A supplement, I think. But still. However, I do want to run a campaign. You and me, pretty soon. Yeah, run, we're run through an the... actual campaign. You said there was a Blood Angels and Tau one. Well, it's part of my chapter's history. So oh, okay. like, like a, we'd be making it up. Something like that. But then there's also the Death Mask one. Yeah. That I think that we should sure. purchase and then run through. Yeah. Just because I do want to get the idea of like that feel of playing through a campaign with just yeah, yeah. me and you, just two people running through what GW is kind of lined out as. Here's a book with mm-hmm. some missions in a row and try it out. Well, like we could take the Angels of Death Codex, or, yeah, Codex which has all the updated Altar of War missions. Yeah. And then there's other Alter, updated Altar of War missions. Even if they're not updated, we can update them. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know, 12 uh, Space Marine-specific missions plus nine Tau-specific missions plus a bunch of other missions. You yeah. just take those. It's like, okay, here's the first mission. This represents Blood Angels drop assault. Okay, I got my ass kicked. 
This one represents a towel counterattack. Okay, I got my ass kicked. This one represents a towel advance. Okay, I lost. This, <laughs> this one represents the towel slaying the warlord. Actually, there's a really good mission out of the old, um, what is it? The uh, Tau Forge World campaign book. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it all. Uh, the Taros campaign. Yeah. Where it's guard, but we could adjust it. Actually, there's a lot of cool stuff in that book. Anyways, so you have a small force of guard and they just sell their lives. And the goal of the guard is to last as long as possible. Right and on. you keep track how many turns it is. Yeah. Then you play a second game on Zomortalis that is one Evasaur versus a Tau force. Mm-hmm. And his, the Evasaur's goal is to kill, find and kill the Ethereal. And he has a number of turns equal to how long the guard lasts. Oh, that's cool, yeah. So like I like, that, I like uh, Zone War Talos games that match in with yeah with regular Warhammer games. Yeah, so we could do we come up with missions like that. There's a really cool one right at the beginning of that campaign where the there's like a corrupt Imperial governor and the Space Marines drop in to like take him the Cat Tau counterattack because they were in collusion with the Imperial governor. Right on. So like the idea of the campaign is that it's after the Damocles Crusade. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Storm Guard are going on a crusade of vengeance, like doing hit and run strikes against the Tau and mm-hmm. like cutting down all the human traitors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not in, like, I, it's just a blurb in like part of my codex I'm working on. Yeah. And it just says, like, this is what happened. It doesn't say who won or anything. Mm-hmm. So, sweet. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like traitors to the Imperium, yeah. I, uh, I think I've decided what my next army is going to be. Yeah, you were saying. Um, I'm going to be doing chaos. Oh, for sure. For sure. That is what my next army is going to be. Chaos space Marines or chaos guard or a mix? A mix. Nice. It's going to kind of be like, not a lot of chaos space Marines. Yeah. Like I'm going to have like maybe two units of plague Marines and then like a chaos Lord. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Just like a, and then maybe some, maybe some demons in there or something like that too. But it's mainly going to be like renegade guard. Nice. And then, like, maybe mixing some cultists there, too, and stuff like yeah. that. But the Renegade Guard is the the main part of it. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. reading up on some of the rules and stuff like that. I know there's, like, two Forge World books. I think it's Vrax. And then there's actually, like... Imperial Armor 13. Yeah. Lost in the Damned, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Nice. And uh, it, it... I was looking up at it online. Like, I didn't actually read the the Codex book itself, mm-hmm. right? Um, But it's... There's one... I think it's is it called it's like the the red whore or something like that the red flesh terror or something like that but it's like basically like a like a rogue trader okay and then uh mixed with like a nurgle allegiance and nice. he can take zombies and then he can also take this guy in his command squad which is an independent character and he can like separate from the unit mm-hmm. and fall back to all of your like barrage not your barrage all your blast weapons like all your mortar teams and stuff like that right right he allows them to shoot into combat nice so okay cool you have a death star right on i'll throw my unit of 30 zombies with four plus feel no pain into them and fearless I presume. and fearless yeah. yeah cool you can just they'll hold you up for a turn or two mm-hmm. at least a turn i would think unless you're killing 40 feel no pain zombies right well you never know still with four plus saves damn yeah but they're gonna hold you up for hopefully at least two turns mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna barrage the hell out of you yeah i'm just gonna lay waste to you as nice. i'm holding you up like a true Skaven player. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it seems like a fun army to play, man. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. I, uh, it's just kind of a horde army. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm feeling that, but uh, it's a lot. Of I really like the the lore behind like chaos, and mm-hmm. I used to think that like, oh, you have a chaos space marine army. That's awesome. No, man, like chaos space marines are so rare nowadays. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I like the idea of just having like one unit of like plague marines, and they're yeah. veterans of the long war, and mm. yeah, man, just get that nice. real feel of what a chaos army yeah. should probably feel like nice and i mean they might be getting an update soon too. I, I was gonna say so i am holding off on it and this is one of the reasons why i'm thinking about buying the um like the blood angels turn army, list first yeah. because i don't want to go and buy all this chaos stuff and then it's rumored with this eighth edition coming out maybe which we'll talk about next um i don't want to go buying all this chaos stuff and then mm-hmm. like a bunch of rules change and know all this new chaos stuff yeah. comes out like one of the rumors is like new plague marines and stuff like that yeah um Although I've been told that you need to buy the Forge World Plague Marines if you're going to buy anything. Well, there's new ones coming out. Who knows? Who knows? Right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to hold off on that and wait to see what happens. Well, you still got your Grey Knights to work on. Exactly. So I got lots of stuff to work on until mid-October and stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I got stuff yeah. to hold me off, but I'm, that's what the next thing I want to do is chaos. Yeah. I'm still thinking about Admech for if we still do the challenge, which right I'm hoping we do. Yeah. Although if we end up getting a bunch of... Um, I'm going to do blood angel that blood angel thing for the challenge. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm going to do more than 1000 points. It's going to be the full 1850, but start with 1000. Or I want to get it done fast. Yeah. If I don't if I delay it, I just won't paint it and then it won't be a tournament list. To be a tournament list, it all has to be painted. Yeah. So, I might um although we do the death mask campaign, I might do harlequins instead. Ooh, yep. That's what I was thinking. So, I don't know though. I tried to make a harlequins list and it's it's hard because they're all formation based. There's yeah. no, they can't take a CAD because they don't have HQ. Yeah. So it's to get a thousand points. It's kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Right on, man. You got anything else you want to add in? No. Let's uh, take a break and jump into the next segment. Sweet. Okay, and we are back with our second edition i guess of state of the game yeah then we did a whole rogue trader state of the game episode now we're in the second edition <laughs> if i know it's gonna we're gonna peak and then it's gonna go downhill for a little bit and then <laughs> and then we'll always look fondly back and on then it. i might not show up for like 10 15 years <laughs> and, and we'll always fondly look back on the third edition of state of on the, the third game. yeah yeah no yeah so we did a full state of the game episode sort of introduce this uh, once in once off, once in a while, I should say, segment, and it's been probably about six months now. So I think so. Yeah, I thought we could. And I uh... feel like things when we did the state of the game episode, there was like this this change happening, kind of. Yeah, it was a big like shift towards decurion and formations. I think. Yeah, but also change in management at GW. Yeah, and we were yeah. And we were starting to notice things changing a little bit. And now that's starting to come like full effect. You're starting to see these changes really happen now. Um, Let's get into it, though. Okay. So for some context, uh, because this will be releasing a little after we're done recording. uh, Just recently, the Death Mask dropped and the box set dropped as well as Codex Death Watch. Mm -hmm. That's happened in the last few weeks. So 
there's been a lot of these really good buys lately, like Deathmask just being the re most recent one where like I did ran the numbers and if you even if you just want the Harlequins, you're saving at least thirty dollars. That's crazy. Yeah, it's one hundred and eighty dollars Canadian. Yeah, or uh, yeah, I think so. Hundred eighty, yeah, hundred eighty-five, hundred eighty. Like yeah. yeah. So the Harlequin portion is like two twenty or something. Yeah. So even if you just buy it, throw away the death watch. Which why the hell would you do it? But like, <laughs> just toss them in the trash. You're still saving a lot of money. Yeah. So not maybe not a lot, but it is enough, significant enough amount. to justify it. Yeah. yeah. So. And there's been other ones. I remember reading or uh, doing, doing up the numbers on the – I have it written down here. No, I don't. Anyways, the um, old uh, uh, Death Storm that we mentioned last segment with mm -hmm. Caster of the Dam. Yeah. Like that was the Blood Angel. It was 150 bucks, and the Blood Angel's Force came out to 150 Yeah. So you were getting the nids for free essentially. It's a great way to get people into the game. Yeah. You can kind of – it's just like the starter sets where mm -hmm. it's like here – buy this um it comes with a mini rule book right a lot of them do yeah i think deathmask does as Death well Mask does yeah um you get in a mini rule book so you learn how to play the game mm -hmm. and you get two small armies that yeah. you can play with a friend who doesn't who's never played warhammer before yeah i mean look at how we got into the hobby i bought the starter set i brought it over to you and i was yeah. like this is the army that i'm playing as you should play as this one yeah and then i just damned you for yeah, several years of gaming, but it's how like it doesn't matter. Sixteen it's years still, now. It still gives you the option to seventeen. Years. It still gives even if your friend doesn't get into the game, mm -hmm. it still gives you the option to have another army yeah. for someone to play the game with you. Um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why, as I just mentioned before, I want to start a chaos army. Yeah, is because I have this like Grey Knights and Inquisition army going. Mm -hmm. It'll be cool to have a chaos army. That way, I can actually play like narrative focused games with my buddies who. Enjoy Warhammer, but don't really want to invest the time and the money into yeah. getting into it. But they're more than willing to sit down and play a game of it. Yeah. Well, cool. Now I got two armies that work together. It's not just some, some random armies were on the table. We can actually have mm -hmm. a cool story, and it's more interesting. Yeah. And also, a with the allies matrix and allies rules now, you can just run the armies together. Yeah. Like legally. So even if they make no sense at all but yeah yeah like death watch and aliens but yeah yeah but still like you can do it you can legally run it on the table yeah so uh but yeah you're talking about all these um like these box sets that have come out i mean recently just recently you yeah. had like betrayal of cal betrayal at calth right yeah you've had the death watch kill team mm -hmm. game come out um, i mean a lot of these have like board games in them but a lot of people just buy them for the models yeah Right. Uh, Imperial Knights Renegade, that was a massive deal. I know like that huge. I split it with someone just to get a knight. Yeah. Right? No, I, I was thinking of doing that. Like, a lot of these I've been really tempted to impulse by. I've managed to hold back so far, but, mm -hmm. like, Kill Team's on my list. Yeah. need to get that at some point because I play both those armies. Yeah. And it's, the game itself is so much fun. Mm -hmm. uh, also, there was the Stormcloud Tech that just came out. Yeah, I don't know how well that one did, but I saw a few people buy them. Yeah. Well, if you have those two armies, it's yeah. a huge deal. Or if even, you're even if you it. have one of them, I know a few people that bought it just for the flyer and then sold yeah, exactly. the other one to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Lost Patrol, which you split, split that, yeah. yeah. Uh, or Execution Force, which, which I just straight up bought myself. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. And at first, when I bought it, um, I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do with the chaos stuff when I bought it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm buying it for the assassins because it's a deal. Yeah, you save like twenty or thirty bucks. I think. 
Well, I think you get, I think if you, the assassins, in my humble opinion, are overpriced to begin with, but just the assassins alone make up the cost of the game. So you're getting the chaos and the board game. And the chaos lord is like such an amazing kit as well. Yeah, that is. And all the cultists and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, people have said the game is fun. I've read through the rules and I kind of question how it's fun, but hey, I'm, more than I'm going to be building the chaos stuff anyway, so I'm more than willing yeah. to try the game out once yeah, I have definitely. it all built. Um, and that's but, a, I mean, we mentioned like uh, Deathstorm as well, but that's a little older. That's not really the scope of what I wanted to talk about. Today. Yeah, I don't think I was playing the game when when that came out. No, that was shortly after I got back into it, mm-hmm. or maybe not shortly. It was right when Blood Angels got redone, but. We've seen a lot of these boxed games, and they must be doing well because they've been pumping them out. Mm-hmm. Like even in just like last year, we've seen most of those, or if not all of them. And that's really cool because it's lowering the cost of entry. It's uh, helping sales, so the company's doing well, which is always good for us as players because we want GW to succeed and keep making the game. And yeah. You know, I'd like in 20 years, I hope I'm still playing this. I've already invested enough money in it at this point. Yeah. Um, so the games are really good, but it's been a shift away from mini updates that we've seen before where a campaign would come out and then there might be a supplement that comes out with it or the campaign book is a supplement. So mm-hmm. like the... um space wolves demons codex that came out fenris. with the wolf and fenris yeah. yeah like and that helped excuse me demons which needed an update because they're still on a six head codex mm-hmm. but now we're competitive i mean i guess they were always kind of competitive because of malefic demonology but now they've got formations they've got their own decurion mm-hmm. space wolves have their decurion they've got one of the better assault units in the game in that update mm-hmm so Fenris really, Warzone Fenris really helped out those two armies. But I think that's really the last time we've seen a substantial update to an army that's needed it. So, I mean, we've seen, I think the Tau one, Tau White Scars one came out after that. But yep. arguably neither of those armies needed an update. Mm-hmm. Did so, it come out after or before? It came out before, didn't it? No, I'm pretty sure it came out after. Because it came out after the Tau Codex dropped, didn't it? The campaign books? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, any, anyways, like... Right. Um, but we, we've seen a drop-off of those campaign books. And maybe they weren't selling, and that's why. It's interesting. I know that I didn't buy either of the campaign books. Because, yeah. man, like, as much... I'm a Tau player, and as much as I want to read that fluff as well, which I've heard they're actually written pretty well and they get mm-hmm. they get the story across they progress the story yeah that's a hundred dollars man i want to buy both those campaign books i gotta drop two two hundred dollars yeah for what i have all the rules i bought the new codex hey that's more than betrayal of cal yeah exactly <laughs> um that's like now a renegades now box. the the reason why i mentioned afterwards was because mm-hmm. people are saying that where is the second campaign book for the space wolf story yeah because the Tau got two so where's the second one for the Space Wolves? And now you're mentioning there's been like this... There's been two for delay. every other one. Yeah, there's yeah. been this hiatus. So are we going to be getting another one? Or have they kind of decided, that's it. We're not We're not doing any more campaign books. We're now going to release the story with the cam- with campaigns inside of them, like Death Mask. Yeah. 
it's rumored that we're going to be seeing um, a few more coming out. And then mm-hmm. once once we start catching this story up, this whole like end times of 40K. The is, one minute to midnight sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, is when we might finally see an eighth edition. Yeah. Well, it's it's upsetting for me because I was really hoping that Blood Angels would get a Decurion and Nids and Dark Eldar. They'd all get their like mid-edition update through a campaign. Yeah. At least one of them, but... That, that hasn't happened, and now we're seeing GW shift away from that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe this is a good thing, because when you think about it, right before Fantasy got Sigmarized, it, like, they had a huge campaign system coming out in the end times with a bunch of campaign books. Well, yeah, I mean, also, don't look, don't um, write off the fact that, you know, this Death Mask came out, mm-hmm. and inside Death Mask, uh, I was worried about this, because I was talking to you about how uh, oh, we should get we should split death mask and run yeah. the campaign, but I don't want to buy the codex. And you're like, well, no, all the data sheets come in the co- in the box set. But I think that's been the case with other ones. Okay, like Caster the Damned is and, out of Deathstorm. And then right afterwards, a Death Watch codex comes out. Yeah. So there's no reason why we can't see Blood Angels in a box set with some campaigns and some data sheets, followed by a Blood Angels codex. Well, that's what happened before. Well, why not again? Because it'd be the second codex in the same edition. I don't know. Maybe it could happen. Mm-hmm. But any anyway, so it's it's this weird time in the game where things like we sort of have the old boss who, based on things you'll read on the internet and stuff, but like the what we've seen in the game kind of supports it, where they don't the old boss didn't really give a shit about balance just was kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And now, you know, we just got a huge draft FAQ, which, hey, maybe you don't like it. Like, I know you have some issues with it, Jay, but, like, that's definitely GW. Oh, we can get to that later. <laughs> yeah, but that's definitely GW, like, saying, we hear you, we want to fix things. Yeah, the progression of story and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so anyways, we've got the old school with, like, oh, whatever, we'll just throw like random cool rules out and they're fluffy and who cares if the tournament scene just like mm-hmm. hates us and now we're got oh we need to like bounce stuff out like the last few codexes like especially the death watch like that's not an op codex no. based on i mean based on a very cursory glance yeah i haven't played against it yet but it doesn't yeah. look like it's op um so so we've got this we, we we've got like a weird shift where half the armies are really good and the other half are haven't got that boost and it's looking like they might not get it. So I heard a rumor today, speaking of not getting like codexes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. New white dwarf comes out pretty soon. September. Yeah. Like very soon, like within, was it not this coming Saturday, but the next Saturday, I think it comes out. Yeah. Labor day weekend. It yeah. would be. I've heard rumors that there are going to be new chaos formations and possibly some new chaos data sheets on there. That would make sense. And what they a, said what Karn a, is coming out on September fourth. And what a great way to introduce new stuff. You want to sell a product. You want to sell white dwarf subscriptions and all this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, buy the white dwarfs. There are going to be data sheets. There are going to be formations. That's an easy way to just put them out there. Yeah. And people will buy them. I wonder how much a subscription costs. Well, I know it's twelve dollars an issue. 
So that's what they're advertising is twelve dollars Canadian an issue of White Dwarf, and it's like one hundred and twenty pages, battle reports. That's really cheap. Yeah, because when we were kids, it was ten bucks an issue. Mm-hmm. So I mean, assuming it's the same quality, but yeah. Well, I mean, everything seems to be good right now. So <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and like it's all hearsay. It's all rumors. Yeah, but we'll see. If it is true, if like if they're adding formations in there and stuff like that, hey, bravo! And not every month, but hey, every two months, every three months. They used to release rules get... very, very frequently in mm-hmm. White Dwarf, though. So, yeah. Was it White Dwarf that had the whole vehicle creation? Yep. Thing? Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy when I, it came out. Unfortunately, my like hundred issues of White Dwarf that I used to have, I'm pretty sure they got thrown out at some point. <laughs> Because I've been looking, because like that was the golden age too. Mm-hmm. There's so much good stuff in there. Yeah. Well. So hopefully that's hopefully coming it comes again. back. I know I'm really interested in starting to pick up White Dwarves. Yeah. I was not too impressed with the last maybe month or two of White Dwarf. Yeah. I don't think I bought a single one. Maybe one I bought. I bought one here or there, and then the rules became like available online, or it didn't have what I thought it would have, and stuff like that. So. I just felt White Dwarf had gotten to the point where. Why am I paying? I think it was only like four bucks. Yeah, four or five. Why am I paying four or five dollars for GW advertisement? Because that's all it was. Well, that's always been your argument, though. Yeah, I guess Even so. When we were kids, but like, there like, was. I can go to the website and get a fucking way better version of White Dwarf just by going to the website and looking at the pictures yeah. online. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully it'll be something better. <laughs> Anyways, but, like, getting back to, like, state of the game, uh, there's these huge imbalances, and it's also interesting that we've seen a lot of, not really mini codexes, but, like, very light codexes. Mm -hmm. It's like Death Watch being a perfect example. There's not a lot to it. It's only a few units. It, like, you know, barely fills out the full um, CAD, Mm -hmm. like, fast tag, heavy support and everything. We've seen codexes that don't do that. Harlequins and Skitari, no HQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cult Mechanicus, no fast tack. And yeah, it's just, it's been a light. It's cool that a lot of armies come out, but the codexes feel really light. Yeah. But that I think that sometimes happens anyways. I think that they had an idea of what they wanted to do. And maybe they maybe that was their idea. Maybe that's what they wanted to do. But maybe it didn't work out exactly as they wanted. Yeah. And then we got this Tau Codex, which it was kind of strange. Like it, it, it followed like the current meta of like formations and new mm-hmm. units and stuff like that. But then you had these campaign books that also like just gave you all that stuff as well. Yeah. Basically, that was a weird um, update. The rumor is that they just wanted to do the campaign books. Yeah. But they had the printer time booked. Oh, for the Tau So codex, they're like, yeah. well, shit. Because, like, um, that Tau Codex is pretty garbage. Yeah. There's, like, hardly any good fluff in there. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, it's like 20 pages of, like, unit descriptions. We all know the unit descriptions. It's, like, a map of, like, the the expansions and stuff yeah. like that. Um, But there's no, like, real good hardcore fluff in there. Yeah, yeah. Any good, like, story. Um, And that kind of backs that theory. Yeah. That they just had the printer time. So like, well, let's just put this codex out. Like grab these data sheets from the campaign book. Let's throw them into the old data sheets that we had in there. And let's put this out. And correct me if I'm wrong, but was that the last codex that dropped since Death Watch? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. And that's almost a year. Yeah. 
So that's that's a long time to go without a codex release. Mm-hmm. And there's armies that still but need one. New units have come out since then. Wolven, right? Wolven, yeah. Uh, all well, the Death Watch. I was about to say all the yeah. kill team stuff. Yeah, but that that's a new codex. So other than Wolven, one. I mean, I'm sure there has been some stuff. I can't think of it off the top of my head though. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a lot of 40k in the past mm-hmm. year. Mind you, Sigmar is just over a year old at this point, so they've been pushing that pretty damn hard. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> next episode why yeah. jason's quitting everything right? <laughs> um anyway so there's been a lot of rumors about eighth ed this is coming just two years after seventh ed came out so personally i'm hoping that doesn't become the standard where new edition every two years where it used to be four or five mm-hmm. um what i find is that the last codex of an old edition really highlights what's coming out in the next edition. Mm-hmm. So Death Watch is the last codex of 7th edition. Death Watch is very different than other codexes in the way the formations work and the way you build units, mm-hmm. that you pick individual models and build a unit out of them using a formation. Is that a hint of what 8th ed might bring? Uh, or is that just how the Death Watch Codex works? I think works? that's just how the Death Watch Codex works. To be honest, that's how I think Death Watch needs to be played. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something to think about, though. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, I just don't see that working with armies like Tau. No, but it also kind of follows the more... Build your army however you want. Now, here's the thing. But also, Sigmar is very is kind of like that, where you kind of just not individual models so much but you kind of just throw everything so here's what i'm gonna say maybe okay. they're just gonna get rid of force org and just formations and just formations yeah. and you have to pay point cost for formations like you do in age of sigmar yeah that's possible which i really like if a formation like so many people are like oh that formation's so op okay cool well the points justify the op-ness of it okay you have a sky hammer you buy the units and then pay another 200 points exactly like, yeah. yeah yeah versus my cad which I don't pay. Yeah. Any well, maybe not even CAD, just But I mean I feel like CAD should still be a formation because you get objective secure well, from and, it or something. Yeah. Like that. I, yeah. Like in Age of Sigmar, you still need to bring two troops in HQ. Yeah. So yeah. to speak. So there still will be like army building requirements. Mm-hmm. But if you want extra rules, you gotta pay for them. Yeah. I like that too. So it's interesting. I know it's it does get a little frustrating. Um like composing an army sometimes especially okay let's get into this this faq i understand there's a lot of cheese going on in 40k do, do right you want to leave this for the next segment or do you want to hop into it right now over oh, rules lauren yeah that, that's what we were going to talk about sorry it's in the update show notes not the ones you have in front of you <laughs> all right all right we'll be right back with a yj doesn't like the new faq All right, welcome back after a brief recess. We're here to talk about a different type of rules lawyering. Yeah, not so much rules lawyering, so much as rules discussion. Yeah, so it's an interesting time to play 40K, which I feel like we've been saying a lot of, but it's the game's in serious upheaval right now. Yeah, I feel like I came back at a good time, but also like a very... Is chaotic the right word to use? I think so. Turmoil. No, chaotic, especially with the rumored releases, (laughs) it's very appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the big thing that we want to talk about is the FAQ 
and we've talked about it on the show before, and it's great that they're fixing things, but Jason's had some issues with that. And I think that's going to lead into a bit of a broader discussion about where the rules are going in general. Mm-hmm. But what's, uh, let's uh, rewind a bit. So what what's your beef then with the FAQ, Jason? I like the FAQ. It's good that they did it. Mm-hmm. It clears up. The 40K is a tournament game. We've talked about this before. It's a competitive game. Like ambiguous rules aren't made for this game. Yeah. Especially when you're playing competitive. Um, so it's good that they're taking the initiative to come out there, give the community what they want, mm-hmm. make a, like clear up those rules that we've always yeah. wondered about. But when I ask, like, and there's only certain people in the company that are in charge of the rules. Right. Right, like if there's a like there, I'm sure there are people that work in the company that aren't sure about some of the rules, and they they can go to those guys, and those guys are like, yeah, well, this is how I meant for it to be played. I'm sure most people GW are unsure about certain rules. <laughs> um, so let's talk for one about the embark passengers having the snap shoot when a vehicle jinks. Yeah, just just first off, I I would disagree that 40k is a tournament game, but I would agree that having a tight rule set helps the game. Okay, regardless. but it's, it's a competitive game. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay, okay. sorry. Um, jinking and embark passengers. Yeah, so shooting. embark passengers having the snapshot when jinking. We were talking about this earlier. What army does this affect, other than Dark Eldar? Um, I think there are other armies that have skimmers, corsairs, corsairs. Maybe. Okay, like a very small Forge World list. Yeah, but we know now for Dark Eldar to be competitive, you more or less have to run unless you're going to run that like massive Talus formation. That gains points when it kills yeah, people yeah, and stuff. Yeah. You have to basically run like Venom Spam or Guys and Raiders with Splinter Racks, get all those massive amounts of firing in durable vehicles because they're jinking. Yeah. Venom Spam is like the main way to go. And now when I say Eldar. it's competitive, it's like you you might win a game or two at a tournament. It's an upset army. Like yeah. against certain armies, it's really good. It's, it's others, not a tournament. Win, it's not a tournament winning army, but it's an army that you can bring to a tournament. Yeah, it's it's a really good army to have in a team tournament because it it it's a good counter to certain lists. Mm-hmm. So when um, you can choose, pick and choose what battles the Dark Elder players fighting, then it's useful. Yeah. But um, with that said, though, then they bring out the FAQ and they make this like one rules change. Or, no, no, no. Passengers that are embarked on vehicle that jinx have to snap shoot well you just took that fucking thing that that dark eldar had going for them and just took it away it, and it's, it's like especially right now when that codex needs help yeah why are you taking that away from them it's it's very short-sighted and it it only affects a single codex yeah. now hey so. if if i'm overlooking something which i do all the time because i'm still relatively new to the game mm-hmm. compared to some of our listeners mm-hmm like, let me know on Facebook. Let us know where the situations will come up that this is actually is very important that they fix. But yeah. I just don't see it. And I think that on their behalf, that's not a fuck up, but that's an oversight. Now It's short-sighted. Yeah, I think. And, and we've talked about it before. This isn't set in stone. This is a this is like a beta rules, like FAQ. Draft FAQ. Yeah, it's a draft yeah. FAQ, right? This isn't set in stone yet. Um, do ITC doesn't use it yet, right? I'm not sure. I mean, well, that, that's the thing because since this was a point I was trying to articulate earlier, is since now that GW has released their own FAQ because it's the company FAQ, it will become the dominant FAQ. Yeah. Like, I'm sure at ITC tournaments they'll still use their own FAQ, but 
any pickup game, it's going to use the, this FAQ, especially once it's no longer a draft. Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll become the rules. Same thing with the Age of Sigmar. Nobody uses any of the third-party comp systems, whether or not they're better or worse. You, everyone uses match the play general's now. handbook now. Yeah, that's it. That's the that's the stone. That's the that that's the gospel. Yeah, that's all players use now, for better or worse, right? Mm-hmm. So, and GW. I mean, it's under new management now. We've seen a lot of changes, a lot of positive changes. But traditionally, GW does not play test their rules enough. Sometimes not at all. Mm-hmm. So to to have them changing the rules in what seems like a short-sighted, haphazard way, and that becoming the rule, the official rules is a little frightening and it's clear that there's been some uh miscommunication or dissonance within the company where you see newer codexes where every model can take melta bombs or emp grenades or something but only one model can use them in close combat yeah you have to pay one for everyone but you can only use one yeah like that's clearly this wasn't this rule was not Clearly the grenade rule, although someone thinks like, oh yeah, it's clear in the rules that you can only throw one grenade in close combat. That wasn't clear to people writing certain codexes. Yeah. So, but like we said, this is where it's on the game's under new management. We're seeing a lot of changes and that change, though good, takes time and will can be a painful process. Mm-hmm. And we're living that right now. Well, and... You just said the right word, process. Hopefully, that's what it is. Yeah. Hopefully, it's not just like, these are the rules. We're going to step away. CN 8th edition, people. Yeah. Right? Um, hopefully, this is a, a community working project where they continue to ask us, continue to ask questions on top of the FAQ. Mm-hmm. We release these questions. How, you have questions about those questions? Do we yeah. be clear about that? Right? Um, that's how we're going to get, I don't want to say the perfect game, but the game where we're all like men. They've cemented this into a solid game. Well, I I said this earlier again when we were preparing for this segment, and 40K would really benefit from a living rule book, like mm-hmm. an online document that's updated every few months, like yeah. a lot of games have. Like X-Wing, for example, is a living rule book. Uh-huh. And you could just put, like when you, you could print the rules, but and just put on there, like, oh, this is current to this date. And check this link for an update. Mm-hmm. So it's doable. The um, So then the other thing, this is the big thing. I was talking about the Black Star before we took a break. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful model, but I'm kind of boycotting it. Because you you can't have allies start in your transport. Yeah, you can't have Battle Brothers and start in Barks. Yeah, well, Death Watch is an, is, is an Inquisition chapter. Yep. And what? Okay, so I want to have an Inquisition detachment, and I want my Inquisitor to be the quote-unquote leader of my force. Yeah. Oh, but I can't put him inside the Black Star? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Talking from a guy who's actually making, like, an Inquisition army mm-hmm. that wants to start one up, that's a beautiful model that I'm just not going to... I'm not going to start a Death Watch army because... Just for the Black Star. Because yeah. I can't put my my Inquisitor in it. Yeah, and, and again, this seems like a short-sighted thing where they're releasing an Inquisition army with... The, there's already the Codex Inquisition out, and meanwhile, they, you know, fixed 
something. Maybe they were worried about AdMet coming out of drop pods, for example, or what whatever the reason was for this, or um, Wraith Garden Raiders. And they fix that, but they break something else. Yeah. I mean, I understand the whole allies being in transport thing. There's a lot of uh, dirty tournament lists mm-hmm. that rely on this type of thing. And yeah. by giving a rule like that, you squash a lot of it. And that's awesome. It's just, it's so sad that it affects, like, affects the game itself. And I guess you get something like the General's Handbook that comes out that says, okay, look, this is, you can play this one way. Or you can play the other way without the points, with looser rules and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is maybe, I guess, how you have to approach it. If I want to put my Inquisitor in a Black Star, I just have to tell my opponent, hey, listen, I know what the FAQ is. Are you cool with me doing this? I think most people will be okay with that. Yeah. It's not a yeah. very competitive game, right? Yeah. But that completely nixes the idea of having a competitive list. But hey, maybe that's... Bring that, it maybe to that's, a tournament. Maybe that's or the point, certain right? events. Don't bring that list to a tournament then. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. I've had Age of Sigmar games where I show up and tell my opponents like i don't have enough battle line units is that cool yeah and i haven't had someone who cares yeah i mean also if playing. you go to a tournament though they're gonna care yeah exactly like there's the tournament young and lawrence like the doubles tournament you need two battle line units yeah so yep. oh your formation doesn't have a point cost in the general's handbook can't use it yeah oh yeah right. that was the big thing too um so i mean there's been a lot of rumors about eighth edition coming out too and this seems like it could be leading up to 8th edition, but I'm personally, I don't believe in rumors because I've been let down by them. Like, where's my Asdrubale Vec Lord of War? Yeah. Never happened. Yeah. Where's my Inquisition box game? Never happened. Yeah. So these are all, like, people are talking about 8th edition. Well, the original rumors, 8th edition was coming out this September. That doesn't seem likely. I think if it's going to come out, it'll be at least a year, like next summer. Yeah, next summer, next September, something like but that. As you were saying, a lot of these rumors have been coming have true been lately. Have been coming true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we just heard uh, yesterday, I think, that there's like a new Chaos campaign book coming out. Yeah, like Endless Haters. I, I just looked at the rumor. Yeah, and haters going to hate. Yeah, traitor haters. <laughs> um. But yeah, we'll we'll see which way they go. I think mm-hmm. uh, we're heading in the right direction. As many qualms as I have with the FAQ, that's me just having to stick up my ass. Well, I think it's worth discussing because, like, I mean, as we're going to talk about in the next segment, like, or later this episode, it's important to support this game mm-hmm. financially, and I think also, to lack of a better word, emotionally, like, be positive about it. But that doesn't mean we can't give criticism. And I think criticism is really important. I think that's what the game needs is criticism. Especially right now when GW is listening when for years they didn't. Yeah, I mean, so. I'm, not, I'm not saying this is stupid. I'm never playing this game again. I'm getting yeah. out of it. I'm just giving my opinion on what I think this is good, what they're doing. But mm-hmm. maybe it can it needs continual work. Yeah, for sure. And like, hopefully this is a process and it's not just lead up to 8th edition that book drops and oh see you for the next two to five years mm-hmm. uh you got anything else to add? uh no i think that's about it cool well i think those are my major qualms with the faq if anybody else has any major qualms that they have with it post on facebook let us know let's get a yeah. little discussion going we'll uh and then hey if we get a major topic coming up maybe we'll present it to gw themselves yeah Traders Hate, that was the name of the book that's i just it. looked it up right, right on cool man uh we'll be right back with our main topic for today Play, uh, pay where you play.
topic for tonight. Mm-hmm. Ian, what would you what would you like to talk about today? Well, having a lot of trouble in my relationships. Okay, and friendships. Let, let, I want to talk Warhammer. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> fine. All right. Yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about pay where you play, uh, which is kind of like a common theory or trope that yeah. people talk about. And it kind of came up. Um, we've had this topic on the books for a while, mm-hmm. I think. Anyways, but I, I bought the Eisenhorn game recently. Yeah. Not because I would read good reviews about it, but because I really want an Inquisitor game, a yeah. good one. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get a good one if this game flops. So, so you're kind of talking about like almost like investing in the game in the company yeah it's like i like this idea i want to see a better inquisitor game Mm -hmm. like eisenhorn malleus for example and or something like yeah yeah. like they would never make a second one if you never bought yeah if it nobody ever buys it they're not going to and it's not a terrible game but it's by no means a good game it was meant to be an ios game right yeah and they got ported it ported over to computer Mm -hmm. but does it still feel like an ios game yeah, but it's. I use an Xbox controller to play it, and it works fine. On oh, really? Computer. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's it's built for for using gamepad. So yeah, um, but Xenos, uh, the Eisenhorn trilogy is one of my favorite trilogies. We've talked about it on the show before. Yeah. So and also Eisenhorn is voiced by Mark Strong, who's also one of my favorite actors. So, Sweet. um, does the game? I know we're getting off track. I'm just, oh, I got a question here. Yeah, I got a question. Uh, does it take place? Like, did you finish it? No, oh, I okay. put it down. Because it was that bad. No, I just had other stuff to yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, I want to know if it takes place over like the whole book, like if it covers the whole story. I do too. It starts at the very beginning of Zeno. Mm-hmm. So I want to know if they go right to the end of the story. Yeah. So right on. That's a lot of time to invest in a game that's not very good. Yeah. So, <laughs> but regardless, like you said, it's not very good, but you bought it anyways. You're paying where you play or for it's it's a concept um people may be familiar with the rhetoric vote with your dollar so it's kind of like if you don't like something don't put money into it and vice versa i'm voting for a better inquisitor game so i put my 15 dollars in to Mm -hmm. bought that game it's not like i got nothing out of it i got a game and i probably got my 15 bucks worth already in terms of like length of time i put into the game and entertainment and whatnot Yeah, yeah so I personally really don't like the vote with your dollar reference because it, or rhetoric, because it's essentially whoever has the most money has the most votes. Like yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a democratic system, but in, you know, we're not talking about Senate here. We're talking about fucking wargaming. So yeah. <laughs> we, we can use it here. Um, so if you don't like Age of Sigmar, don't spend money in Age of Sigmar. If you don't like. Yeah. I, okay. In this situation, I know what you're saying. I like if you don't like Age of Sigmar, don't put money into it. But at the same time, like I don't know, it's still all Games Workshop. It's still all the same company. I feel if you don't have a community to play it with, then yeah, okay, fine, don't purchase it. But like, I wasn't the biggest fan, and I bought an army. Yeah, I spent. The, I mean, okay, but you're not going to continue. I'm not continuing money spending it. money onto it, but I still purchase stuff for the company, kind of. Yeah, but you're. You did, but now, I mean, everyone makes mistakes. You yeah. know, but like, you're not continuing to spend money on it. Instead, you're taking your hobby budget and instead of buying more Skaven, 
you're going to be buying Grey Knights or whatever. Yeah, just continue to put or, money into, into in the, the 40k yeah. and encourage more 40k stuff to be made. Yeah, and I mean all I mean whether it's Age of Sigmar or 40k, that's going to GW, but they're going to support the line that makes them the most money. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing if you don't like how a tournament is run, don't go to it. Like don't don't pay. feel like you have to go and or pay or just even yeah. participate. Yeah. I mean, if you have a smaller community, that's a lot harder. But here in Toronto, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Like, you don't like how the tournament's won? Well, don't vote for it by spending money there. So, basically, why should you pay where you play? This is an expensive hobby. You can get good deals online. Mm-hmm. Why should you go to your local game store and shell out the MSRP? The, you know, suggested retail price yeah. for these products. I mean, the options are out there for all these other things, cheaper ways of getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about some of those options later on. But you got to remember that, the, especially if you go to play at a store, yeah, like without you, like it's great that you go there and use all their supplies, all their resources. But if you're not putting dollars in their pocket, if you're not supporting them, like they got to pay rent too. They have yeah. to pay employee, employees to get there, to mm-hmm. be there, right? They got to keep the lights on. Yeah. So instead of going out and buying your your stuff at somewhere that might be cheaper, mm-hmm. every like you still have to spend money at the store that you're going to. Yeah. Uh, also, a lot of game stores have snacks. Like buy your snacks there. Don't buy them at an outside at a convenience store. Yeah. I mean, we play Young and Lawrence, and they at the GW, and they don't they have don't snacks. There, yeah. That's one thing, but. Uh, where he's playing Windsor Brimstone sold like snacks and drinks. So mm-hmm. I'd always, you know, spend five to ten bucks on the food when I was there, or, like all yeah. the day Saturday yeah. or something. I mean, they don't have sandwiches, so I go out for lunch. But you know, I'd buy snacks at the store. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think you have to buy everything at the store that you go to. No, but but you can't like, for instance, like I'll find a deal at like a lot of the stores in Toronto have cheaper prices yeah. than Games Workshop. Mm-hmm. They're the independent retailers and it's almost like they compete with each other, it seems, yeah. for prices sometimes. So you can get discounted stuff. And unless I'm doing some massive purchase at one time, mm-hmm. right, like I want to start a competitive army, yeah. like my Blood Angels or whatever, the, the Dreadnought army, I would like, I'd buy a lot of it at a discount mm-hmm. for that one for like that one big yeah. some money that I'm trying to drop at once. Initial just purchase, like, yeah. Yeah, man, like if you're going to get any like special releases and stuff like that, always do it there. I just bought uh, the Xenos book at that store. And I was right. going to, even though I could go to Chapters or whatever and get mm-hmm. it maybe even cheaper, usually it's still the face price when you go there. But I at first, I looked to see if I could order it to Games Workshop, GW, but I couldn't. Yeah. So. The, the other, th- I, I used to have a rule where it'd be, if I was saving more than X, I wouldn't buy it at my local store. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's a good way to do it too. It's like, okay, well, if you're saving more than say twenty bucks, mm-hmm. then okay, maybe you go buy it somewhere else. Yeah, I usually only do stuff like that for like the bigger purchases that yeah. I'm making. Yeah, where you're saving a significant amount of money. But like, even if I could save five bucks here and two bucks there, that that all adds up, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, I see it as that's the cost for me supporting it. So I have this store where I go and there's nice terrain and a friendly atmosphere and usually people to play against mm-hmm. and knowledgeable staff to help me out when I have questions about paints or brushes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's 
that's the cost of having a public gaming space that builds a community and fosters a community. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important not to talk about deals that you got in other places when you're at a store. I know that's not um, like paying where you play, but it's like stopping people from going elsewhere. It's kind of rude. Yeah. I put it basically, it's like, oh yeah, I go into GW and it's like, oh yeah, I got this great deal somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's, I mean, it's just people talking, but like you're essentially encouraging people not to spend money where they are right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like there's some things you can't get at GW, obviously, but yeah. Now there are like other, like how can you save money? Like with recasters. That's a big one. China, like China, China Chinese or Russian mm-hmm. recasted miniatures. Um, now look, unless I feel like unless it's like a super expensive model that you just don't have the money for, you shouldn't buy recast. Yeah, it's okay. Well, let's look at it this way. If I go to um a, di- a store that is cheaper, that's cheaper than GW. Right? Yeah. For example, Legends near where I live is cheaper than GW. Mm-hmm. If I go there and buy a unit, that money is still going into Games Workshop. I'm still buying their product. Yeah. It's not like Legends, you know, hits the GW truck and like yeah. steals everything off the back. It's like no, they the money's still going to Games Workshop. Um just the store is competitively pricing their products. Yeah. Um however, if I order the same models <laughs> through China Forge or Russia, like some sort of recap, foreign recaster, mm-hmm. none of that money is They're going to They're just stealing the product and selling it to you for a cheaper yeah, price. Yeah, exactly. And if people want to talk about like moralities and legality, first of all, morality, you are stealing, like part of the cost of these models is paying the artist who sculpted it mm-hmm. or used the, who designed the model. So they're not getting any money from people buying recast products. Secondly, these recasters are stealing the intellectual property of Games Workshop and profiting off of it. Although that might be hard to prosecute because it's cross borders in China or Russia, it is still illegal under most in most Western cultures like yeah. North America, Britain, Europe. So just keep in mind that when you do use recasters, it is amoral and illegal. It might you might be able to get away with it, but under most, you know, jurisdictions. Oh, I'd say you're definitely going to get away with it. Probably, but like, <laughs> it used to be really easy to get away with downloading movies and stuff, and now people are getting fined all the time or yeah, sued. Yeah. Like, so you might be able to get away with it, but just know, like, you are taking money out of people, out of, away from the company for the game that you're playing. Yeah. And if Games Workshop isn't turning a profit, there's no Warhammer. Then we all play Ninth Age. So, where we all make our rules, and the ITC FAQ becomes the ITC rulebook. Yeah. And there's no new models from GW, ever. Yeah, exactly. Now, I guess, kind of one of the arguments to all this is like, well, you know, I, I don't go to these stores. Why should I support them? I just play in my basement all the time. Yeah, and I mean that that's fair enough. But like we just said, if there's no GW, there's no you don't game. get new mods. You're not technically supporting. You know, random mom and pa's game shop. Yeah, as an independent retailer, you're supporting Games Workshop. Yeah, exactly. To make you the models. So 
Like, if I just play in my basement, okay, I never go in, never step foot in a games workshop or even a, any hobby store. Mm-hmm. I don't use their terrain. I don't, you know, use their light and electricity and stuff. I'm not taking advantage of that. Why don't I just order from China Forge or off wherever? Yeah. It's like, okay, but the game exists because this company is able to turn profit. Mm-hmm. So if there's no company, there's no game. And... That's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I remember when we were younger and we were playing, one of our buddies was like, well, why would I just buy all of these models? I have a toy soldier army here. Look, this is my space marine. This is my command yeah. squad. And he had basically proxy for everything, and he could play Warhammer. It's yeah. like, yeah, well, that's great, but... Well, if you really want to be... If you really want to do that, just you know, download the PDFs of the rulebook, cut out pieces of paper, and play that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or better yet, if you're into that go play war machine because that's pretty much what it is it's like a felt patch is a swamp it's like mm-hmm. so that's a big thing also it, it comes back to this uh, vote with your dollar rhetoric like what kind of you use your money to help craft the kind of gaming community you want so if you're complaining about there's too many space marine armies don't start a space marine army start yeah. a xenos army yeah. if you like the death mask box game and like the overwatch kill team games and stuff or over death watch overkill games you know buy them and support them tell mm-hmm. gw through your purchases that this is what i want to see from the company mm-hmm. and if you like going into gw company stores and you know talk to the friendly staff that are there and joke around and hang out with people and have that gaming community spend money there yeah so these are all things you need to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And it's all strategic, like how you're spending your money. And you should be aware of that because it has an impact. Yeah, I definitely agree that if you don't think, like if you think that there's too many Space Marine armies or you think that there's too many, oh, everyone plays Eldar, it's so, yeah, not at our store, but elsewhere. Don't start up an Eldar army just because it's good. Don't start up a Space Marine army just because if, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Right, just continue to buy Xenos. And- yeah, exactly. And by the same token, if you don't think GW should have company stores, then spend your money somewhere else. Online. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't agree, but hey, teach their own. I don't agree, but that's the sort of like what we're saying tonight. Yeah. It's like if you want to make a statement with your purchases, make a statement. But be aware that you're making a statement mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. So like think about don't where your money's don't going. Don't only buy online or at independent retailers and then complain when you can't find anyone to play a game with. Yeah. Because like, right. oh, all the stores closed down. Yeah, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of another common complaint about like um, this hobby in general is that the prices are way too high. Mm-hmm. And I was actually, I want to hold you. I was thinking okay. about this the other day. I was like, it's real interesting that, okay, so the Games Workshop in Toronto, mm-hmm. it was at, it was originally down on Queen Street, and then okay. it moved to the Eaton Center. Right, And then when it moved out of the Eaton Center, it went to Young and Lawrence, which in Toronto, it's still on Young Street, but that's like uptown. It's not down. Like there's no downtown games workshop. Right. Right. And I was like, well, why would it be at Young and Lawrence? It's because this is a rich area. Yeah. And that's why it's here. It's good. Like kids that come into the store have parents that can buy them. Right. Games workshop products. It makes sense. I mean, it's good marketing. Yeah, for sure. But you were saying about the prices being too high. So you need to open up games workshops in affluent neighborhoods. Yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> um, it's an expensive hobby. And for that reason, people might feel justified in buying 
from recasters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that you might, if you feel justified in doing that, like you're being spiteful towards the company mm-hmm. and you're not supporting that, the game that you're playing. Yeah. But more importantly, like comparatively to other uh, miniatures in the wargaming market, GW's prices are actually competitive. Yeah, all modeling tends to be expensive. Like, an expensive hobby, especially when you get into it. But also, like Warhammer isn't that expensive if you just build your models and don't fucking paint them and you don't care how they look. You can get away with a fucking basic paint set for what? 30, you don't have to use GW paints. You can get away with basic yeah. paints for like 30 bucks, one or two paintbrushes. Like you can get away with your modeling supplies for like under $50. Yeah. And then all true. you have is a fucking, your plastic army that you fucking spray painted red and did a few, like did a wash over it. And some details. And some details. Yeah. Like, but it, it's not just that. Like the similar models are either similarly priced or not nearly as good. Yeah. GW's models have like a high amount of detail, are highly customizable, and some of the best go together really well. They're some of the best on the market. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're paying a premium for that. But if you look at other miniatures, and I often do looking for third party alternatives because I want a unique looking thing or I want to do a cool conversion or something, mm-hmm. it's not cheaper in many cases, or the quality is not there. Yeah, I've heard Malifaux um, miniatures mm-hmm. are coming like ridiculous pieces like you have a small little person yeah and their hand is like four pieces yeah like it's it's crazy and if you look at um i've already started ragging on war machine so I'll keep going with that trend <laughs> like you can have an army of like all these crocodile people and they're all the same goddamn pose yeah and it yeah. looks like it looks stupid whereas you can buy a tact marine box and every miniature you build out of that is completely unique not just in your army but in all space marine armies yeah yeah so the range for different armies in 40k and the compatibility with other miniatures and conversion opportunities and kit bashing opportunities is huge. Mm-hmm. So you are paying a premium for GW miniatures, but it's not as big a premium as most people think. Yeah. And you have to remember too, that like miniature wargaming is a hobby. Yeah. But like there are other things that are hobbies as well that we spend money on. Mm-hmm. Right, that we some a lot of things we don't consider to be hobbies, yeah. like video games. Yeah, for sure. Like if you buy a new system, like whether it's an Xbox or a desktop computer, that's several hundred dollars for like a more like an Xbox three. No, not three sixty. Xbox One. Yeah, Xbox. That's the one. <laughs> You're living in the past, man. I know. Seriously. Um, but how much is an Xbox One? Like five, six hundred bucks. Yeah, with taxes, you can yeah. come close to. I mean, yeah. You you can probably get a shitty one for like under five hundred. But... Okay, so but around five hundred. Yeah, and then games are pretty damn expensive. Oh, now. games They're are like... now eighty or ninety dollars yeah. at least. Yeah, and you go through a game if you're if you're playing if you're putting as much time into playing Xbox as we put into painting and playing miniatures, you're buying at least one game a month, and over the course of a year, that's expensive. Well, eighty or ninety bucks a month is. More let's say I you do. let's say you only even buy a game once every three months. Let's say you're really yeah. into playing the same game over and over until the next like big release happens. Mm-hmm. You're still spending a couple hundred dollars on games. Yeah, right? a year. Yeah, yeah. And so, then that's controllers and all that, all the accessories. To yeah, that that's not well, counting right? like a TV and internet connection, extra controllers. Yeah, exactly. Headsets mm-hmm. or keypads, whatever. 
the kids use these days <laughs> and they still use like wheels and pedals for racing games yeah and with that being said too i mean fuck man we play this game so much we got a podcast about it i'm sure we spend a lot more money than some other people do true and i'm sure some people spend a lot lot more money than we do but i did there definitely are <laughs> <laughs> but i think that there's there are people that buy video games every single month there are people that buy video games three times a year i think this or wait till they're on sale yeah. and stuff there's such a large range of of hobbyists and consumers and true but it's still compare they're still comparable is what i'm saying yeah like exactly you can, you can blow a lot of money on video games or sporting equipment mm-hmm. like if you play golf seriously you're spending a shit ton of money yeah, yeah like my dad if did, that's your hobby or yeah well my dad's into fishing and he spends a lot more money on fishing than i do on warhammer yeah. so yeah. um also i guess like budgeting Right, we yeah. talk about prices being too high. Well, if you budget your money, your hobby money mm-hmm. accordingly, don't impulse buy. Right, that's a big thing. Like, yeah. really have a plan. Like, okay, I want to build this army. Okay, well, like set aside. Like, how long will it take me to build this army? And then, yeah, budget it out. Try borrowing the army from someone else. You get a feel for it and can make informed choices when you're building your list. Yeah. So, you know, maybe set aside budget money for impulse buys almost or splash releases yeah i mean that's a big problem with gw right now is there's not a lot of lead time to their releases Mm -hmm. so oh kill team just came out well i want to start this uh harlequin kill team so i'm gonna go out and spend 200 bucks on the kill team it's like okay well that well that wasn't in your budget so now you're now you're out now your budget's all off and that army you wanted to start it you you're going to have to push it back or shell, uh, shell out even more money. Yeah. And that's usually the type of situations when you get into like purchasing elsewhere. Yeah. Because, oh, I've run out of money. I'm tight on money, but I still need these models that I, yeah, to complete my army. So just kind of, kind of be on guard for that impulse buying and don't just buy the new hotness just because it's popular right now. Mm-hmm. So there's always like leagues going on and stuff and people are like, oh, yeah, the new hotness is out. We're going to do this league for this game. And then, It'll go on for a month or two, and then nobody plays it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just focus on your main projects. And I mean... <coughs> Silver Tower. <coughs> you can budget money for for these Splash releases, like one box game a year or something. Yeah. But... I mean, know. look, like, we, and we've had this rumor discussion so much, and I know you hate rumors, but lately they've tend to be, like be really good. Yeah. Not exactly to what the rumor mill is, but like you knew for a while there was going to be like some type of like uh, Death Watch, whether it was like a game that was a rumor for or a while, something yeah. like that. You knew something happened was coming out with Death Watch, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So like I know I can hold off. I know something's going to be coming out. It's like I want to start up a Chaos Army, and I knew this like like a month or two ago. Yeah. So you know I got some cash. I can buy the Codex. I can buy all this mm-hmm. and. You know, people will say, though, hey, well, you know, Chaos is supposedly coming out in, like, the fall, right? And it's due for release. Okay, so yeah. I, I hold off. I hold off for a month or so. And bam, look, there's all this Chaos stuff coming out now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, who knows what's going to change? I could have started buying stuff. Yeah. So just listen. If you're interested in something, you can look at the rumors and see yeah, maybe do, what's going to be coming yeah, out. Yeah, do hey, some you research. You know what? If you wait and you don't spend your money on it right away and it doesn't happen, hey, well, you still have the money. Yeah. Right? You've um, avoided temptation. Yeah, I think that's... You got anything else you want to talk about? No, that's about it. I think just to reiterate the point that when we say pay where you play, it's not 
you don't have to spend every fucking dollar where you go. I think but, I think it's mostly think about where your money is going and think about what kind of a statement your purchases are making on like, the community and the hobby and the- yeah. So if you're spending, if you're building up a six thousand point army all with China Forge, you're not supporting the hobby and you're like you're pushing the hobby toward to an area where it won't be sustainable. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you have a six thousand point army. You're an asshole. Of China Forge. Um, but if you're going in the GW store every weekend and spending your money and then complaining that GW has these storefronts, it's like, well, you know, you're the one, you're supporting them. So yeah. keep that in mind. Or if you're going to uh, a third, if you're going to an independent retailer and you're complaining that GW doesn't run any events at their stores, well, you're not spending any money at those stores. So that's mm-hmm. why they're not running those events. Yeah. So, yeah, just think about, just be aware of where your money's going and what it means. And we'll be right back with the next segment. Welcome to Beyond the Rim. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right on, man. Uh, what games have we been playing other than 40K? All right, so. Which one do you want to start with? All right, I'm going to start with Rainbow Six. All right, go. So uh, Rainbow Six was for like a free weekend on Xbox Live uh, a few weeks ago. Okay. So I downloaded it, and uh, now I'm account sharing with our uh, with our buddy, with uh, Greg, who does uh, our audio editing. Yeah. Uh, so we're account sharing, and uh, it was on discounted price too that weekend. It wasn't just mm-hmm. free to play. It was like free to play, and we're giving you half off the game. Oh, nice. So the 120 comes with everything seasons pass mm-hmm. all the previous content edition that's normally 120 bucks was only 60 bucks nice so like shit son we account share that's 30 bucks each we're getting into rainbow six so i got it it's uh it's pretty fun man that's the type of shooter that i like it's kind of my bread and butter it's, it's like, like hyper realistic yeah, yeah i say it's, i'd say it's my bread and butter but i'm so shit at it <laughs> yeah like over, okay. overwatch is my bread and butter <laughs> <laughs> nonsensical shooters um with that said overwatch has a huge meta but anyways um yeah nice and slow i i was afraid um because i held off buying that game i was gonna buy it just straight up when i got the system Mm -hmm. um but i bought something else instead i forget now um my little pony i was afraid yeah i love that game shut up um i was joking uh Anyways, I was afraid that I was going to get bored of the amount of levels in the game mm-hmm. because there's not that that many, but there's a lot more than I thought there was. Okay. And the games tend to be so slow that it's not like you're like, oh, this level again. It's yeah. like, well, you sit down to play for like an hour or two and you're mm-hmm. only going to get in like three games, maybe three, four okay, games because yeah. they're so slow. Like the rounds take like because there's like five rounds at least each mm-hmm. time you play. Right. Um, But yeah, nice slow shooter. Yeah. Like the. When you first start playing, you're so used to like old games, like not old games, but like other games where you can just like run right in. Twitchy games. Yeah. yeah. And this is so slow. Like, okay, I'm going to break this window and hope no one's on the other side to shoot me. Right. Nice. Um, Pretty cool. There's like, it has the Overwatch thing where it's not like you just pick your weapons. You have mm-hmm. to pick your character and each character has like a special ability. Oh, so like okay. someone will have like, um, 
uh, there's one guy that can put a charge on like doors or windows mm. and then it shoots all these like miniature grenades in on the other side so you don't have to break what? down the door it just like blows up everything on the other side yeah there's uh like a smoke his name is he has like he throws like gas grenades kind of mm-hmm and it's like only these characters can have their special abilities. Yeah. Um, and then from there, like each character can take like certain weapons and stuff like that. Like there's a guy with a riot shield. And that's the only oh, thing okay. you can take is the riot shield and the pistol. But his riot shield has a flash grenade on the nice. outside. So you like go into the room and bam, flash everyone. And then your teammates come in behind you and shoot. Mm-hmm. So it's a good teamwork game. Um, it's just me and my buddies were still so new to the game. Yeah, and it's yeah. one of those things where it's like you have to know the maps. You have to know where the cameras are and everything. Mm-hmm. And we just tend to get our asses handed to us. Nice. However, we have been playing another game. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I've heard about Rocket League for a while, but I never played it. And then the other day, I think it was on sale for like 10 bucks or something like that. Right. So we were over at my buddy's place and I was like, I'll buy this game. Don't worry. And then I th- but I think he bought it anyways. Um, how do you even describe it if you haven't played it? Well, I walked in and it was like Mario Kart on crack <laughs> without i okay it's like a game of soccer but you drive cars and like hit the ball and you have to hit that's like a giant ball and, and you have to like smack into the other and the cars like have boost yeah you have boost and you can like so if you jump and then angle yourself and boost you can like fly technically pretty much because your boost is like really really long and you can fly like drive up the walls and stuff and yeah you go. can drive up the walls and then you have like double jumps and stuff once again i'm like i'm all right at the game but i'm no i've watched like people on online play it yeah and they're just like ridiculously good and then we got tuned by people online yeah then we played online and got whooped yeah but that game is so much fun yeah i find myself playing that like the most lately oh yeah yeah nice um so yeah i'm looking forward to still playing that that's a game that i like i jump online for overwatch and i'm just so like i play like one or two games and i just i'm sighing and swearing so much at how dumb the community is yeah that it just is not enjoyable. Mm. And then I go and I put in a game like Rocket League. And the game is so ridiculous in itself that like... You can't take even it seriously. Even if we lose so. 6 nothing, it's like, okay, well, I still had fun driving this car around doing flips and stuff. Right? Hitting the puck into the net. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about yourself? Um, I updated Elite Dangerous, but I haven't played it yet. Elite Dangerous was on Xbox Live. Yeah, I know. It's on... It's uh, on Xbox. It's, it's like, not it's cross. Like Twenty. Yeah, it's not cross. That's why yeah. I didn't end up buying it. Um, anything else though? Um, not video game wise, but we started our Edge of the Empire campaign this week. We did. It's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. So, give me your impressions about like gloves off. How did it go? I really enjoyed the story. Okay. It's very hard playing a large group. Especially yeah. with people that haven't played that much role-playing games. That, that's what other people I've talked to said. It was a big group. Was, uh, for context, there were eight players plus me GMing. Yeah. So um, That's one of the reasons why I kind of encouraged splitting up the group mm-hmm. a little bit at the end there. Yeah. Because it was so much like, well, this person has this idea in their head, and this person has this idea in their head, and we should be doing this. And it's like, at one point, I just thought to myself, like, well, if you want to do it, just do it. Yeah. Don't, like, if you want to try and find information to like because then we talk for like five minutes about like what we should be doing and then we roll a check to do it and we don't even make it yeah so it's like well that option is completely out the window so it, it really people need to kind of like unchain their minds and just do something yeah like noah's idea about starting a riot in the middle of the hangar deck that was something i never anticipated and was completely off the wall yeah but like he just went for it. And yeah, I'm like, I, and, and I'm glad he did because yeah. it still worked. That we made the you made the story mesh. 
Yeah, and right? like as at this point, I, I have enough experience as GM as I can roll with most wacky, wacky ideas everyone will come up, with, anyone yeah, will come yeah. up with. So we also want a bit of a time constraint when we play as well. So when someone presents like a really elaborate idea, like we should get information on this guy and then go to this guy and then double cross them, it's like okay, well, how many like instant, how many scenarios is this going to be? Yeah. Right. How many events are we going to have to go through to get this when we only have an hour and a half before we have to stop playing? Yeah. Right. Well, then you just break it up over two sessions. But in this case, in this it case, was it was supposed to be. I try and write them so it's just one session, like yeah. one three three and a half hour mm-hmm. session. I think it still ended up, aside from a few like speed bumps there, I yeah. still think it ended up going pretty well. Yeah, I kind of, kind of like rolled the combat into just not into that worked play. well that's the only problem that i had was that there were no like combat sessions but we we tried to avoid combat for the most part yeah and it it the combat mechanic in that game or well, probably most rpgs get like slows it down a lot yeah uh, i mentioned to you earlier this week i've been watching this uh web series called Harmon quest where it's like D played with, in front of a live studio audience and that i, I unconsciously i kind of did that where he doesn't say okay roll for initiative he the gm just kind of like rolls with it yeah so that's kind of what i did like there was no initiative slot so just like all right who's going okay now the tie fighters are going mm-hmm. all right the tie fighters move the other wings of tie fighters move closer i found um man it was hard to fucking do anything i don't know if we were just rolling really poorly or if the if that's the, standard if the difficulty checks were like no, that's pretty. Too high. That's common for new characters. Okay. Is failing everything. Yeah, I figured. I figured the the checks stay the same, but we'll upgrade. Mm-hmm. I figured that was what. And we'll I'll do harder to. checks too, but your characters will get better. Yeah. So. Like um, when we started a new campaign with new level characters at my old group, mm-hmm. everyone was failing. Yeah, because I just felt like we'd have an idea of what we wanted to do, and everyone's like, "Okay, this is this is an okay idea," and then we'd roll do a check and fail. Okay, okay, well, what are we gonna do now, guys? Yeah, right. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um but that the best part of the story is recovering from your failures mm-hmm. like that's what drives the narrative it's you know, okay it's not fun i mean for some people it is but like I, it's not interesting if you guys are just the biggest badasses in the universe and you pass everything with flying colors yeah no i agree completely yeah like the 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 interesting narrative comes from like adversity like overcoming those challenges right mm-hmm. so um and i said that bef- when we before we started i said like i'm gonna be tough on you guys like i'm not gonna yeah, play no. against you but like yeah. i'm not spoon feeding you this story like you guys are gonna have to work yeah i feel like my character did nothing that whole i mean playing a charmer is hard to do i felt like your character did a lot i by the end of it i felt like i was you were in the limelight too much and i was trying to get more to the other characters i was just trying so. to get like i wasn't trying to get in the limelight but like Man, I could not buff anyone for anything. Like, I don't think I passed a single charm check. Yeah, and you were doing those leadership checks, which technically I think you need to have a special skill to do that, but, like, it's you weren't doing anything anyway. So yeah, like, okay, my really. guy had no position in the... In the ship, In yeah. the ship, right. Which is okay. He's not supposed... That's his character. He's not supposed to be able to fly the ship. He's well, he's also a smuggler, so he has that as a class skill, too. So. I can pilot space. I'm, like, level... Well, not level nothing, but I still have, like, decent dice. I think I have one yellow, two yeah. greens, right? So, if we split with the group, you could easily co-pilot, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. So, which I think we're going to do. I think we'll have more, like... We'll split up the group from time... To, most of the time, I think. Or... Yeah. I think for my character, because I have 20 experience to upgrade, I'm going to start buying some skills. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, my character. There weren't a lot of situations where my character could 
just didn't have it. Could like get into the action. Couldn't get into the action. I mean, I was like, well, I'm not going to go do the refueling because yeah, that guy's not that type of character. And then, but I got a lot of talking done at the beginning of the game. So yeah. yeah. And then I felt some characters didn't get into the game until later. So yeah, it's good that they got to have like a lot of stuff at the end. It's trying to balance it out. And especially with a big group, making sure everyone has like, their chance to shine make sure everyone's you know rolling dice no one's just an observer yeah. mm-hmm. so i'm excited for the next one though yeah so okay other than the large group any anything else anything that you'd like to see improvements or something so, that was like still, really cool that i think all the improvements have to come from like myself to be honest as like, as like an rpg or i'm not an rpg this is something that's completely new mm-hmm. to me right like okay i play fucking rpg video games that's not it's not the that's same not thing. it's not the same thing at all yeah. right i have to be able to on the fly come up with like what i want to say and the instance like i i have no problem admitting that i'm very like i constrict myself into what i'm able to do because mm-hmm. i'm used to playing a video game yeah where it's like well the path is clearly laid out for me even if i play a game like skyrim or something like that right elder mm-hmm. scrolls where it's like a massive open map i can do whatever i want there's still kind of like there's limits there's limits and there's like yeah. a set mission you're supposed to go here when you were like well here's the chart on where you want to go in the in the place i was like yeah. well nowhere else other than the bar because that's where we were told to go yeah and other people were like well we should go here we should go here i was like well, no we're supposed to go to the bar <laughs> yeah. um it's something that i have to work on as an rpg or to like Mm-hmm. branch out and but that's part of the learning process yeah. right and the good thing about our group because everyone is a background war gamings is everyone's picking up the rules very quickly yeah yeah so that's something that we don't need to worry about as mm-hmm. much like i found when we did the demo game and there was actually the map out not so much just having the map but when we got into the fighting scenarios we were like you have two actions you can do a movement mm-hmm. and then you can do like an action of some sort yeah I flowed way better with that because I was like, I could visualize my head. Okay, I'm going to go here and then I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to go here twice, like dump, like run there or something like that, yeah. right? Maps I find are super helpful, but they're hard to, like I can't draw. Like I'm not yeah. a good visual artist, so mm-hmm. I can't create maps very well. I can't create nice maps very well, I should yeah. say. And then finding one that's exactly what you want. Like I showed you guys a picture of a space station that I found on Google Images. It took me like, not hours, but like to go over an hour to find the right type yeah, with the like want, hangers yeah. and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then to find a map, like forget it. I'm never going to find something that I, works perfectly. Mm-hmm. So, How about yourself? What did you find of the experience hosting a seven-man beginner's edge game? Yeah, that was, I think that was the biggest game I've GM'd. Eight man, mm-hmm. eight person. Oh, eight per- yeah, we had eight yeah, people. Yeah, we had eight people. So, like I said, everything, it's been a while since I've run anything with, like, player, like, so inexperienced players, in terms inexperienced role players, mm-hmm. but I've kind of forgotten. But, like, that, that's okay, because I know I need to railroad the adventures. They can't be open-ended just yet. Yeah. And I need to give players more clues, and it'll come as... As we go and get more experience, it'll come mm-hmm. that people are more comfortable with it and I can do very open-ended adventures. I feel like if an idea is like way too elaborate, and you, you got to this point at one point, um, encourage someone to make a check. Mm-hmm. And if they pass it, then you can like kind of guide it in, yeah. in a better direction with narrative. Mm-hmm. And if it's if they fail, well, okay, well, it was a yeah. crazy, ridiculous idea anyway, so it's not going to work. Yeah. Right? Or, it, like, the thing is, the the game can go off in crazy directions. Yeah. 
Like if someone wants to do some really elaborate double cross, it's like, all right, let's do it. Let's yeah. See what happens. Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll fail and it'll just go crazy. Mm-hmm. But well, I know like, and this is the situation where I get into like, if you have an idea of what you want your character to do, do mm-hmm. it. But like, there was one point when we were escaping the star destroyer, and they're like, "Open comms with with the star destroyer." Mm-hmm. And so we open comms, and they're like, "Okay, so who's talking?" And then everyone looked at me. I was like, "This wasn't my fucking idea. I wouldn't. My character wouldn't want to open comms with these guys." Yeah, I don't give a shit about these guys, right? But my character wants to save his own ass and get out of there. And I gave you a check that reflected how difficult it was. Yeah. But if you'd pass that, it's like, oh, they start attacking the other ships yeah, instead, yeah. and you guys can get away. Yeah. I just didn't know how to save it. I didn't know how to. It came to this awkward point where I didn't know what I would even say. Yeah, it's kind of like, the, well, like it, to it, the officer on the other side. And that happens too. Sometimes, like the shooty character has an idea for like, oh, this is how we should play this, and then they look at the talky character, and the talky character is like, I'm not. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So I think that I'm like. This is my personal, like, my homework for playing Edge is I'm going to come up with, like, situational things that my character can can do. Mm-hmm. Like, just, obviously, it's going to change on the fly. Yeah. But just ideas of, like, if my character gets into this type of situation, these are the excuses I can come up with and yeah. such, right? Um, just so I can have a little notepad beside me. Yeah. Things that I can, because I like to, I wanted my character to be, like, like, I tried to represent my character the way I was talking and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I kept, like, looking... Because Mike's character is a robot that hates yeah. me. So I kept coming over and saying things to him. And, yeah. And, like, insulting him and yeah. stuff. Like, he saved us one time. And then when he did something big to save us later, I was like, you finally do something right. <laughs> <laughs> when he had been just, like, saving us the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It was good. I, I thought, like... You know, we were a little worried... Like, we talked about this, like, coming from some of the players in our group are, like, pretty competitive when it comes to 40K, so we were worried that was going to carry over into this. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be Not happening. at all. Everyone's so. playing their character. I really like Jordan's character, like the... Alcoholic he, yeah, he's bounty just hunter. Alco- alcoholic yeah. former bounty hunter, yeah. more or less. Um, and, like, we go to a bar, and the first thing he does, he's like, I don't even care about you guys. He goes and sits at the bar by himself. <laughs> and just starts drinking, yeah. yeah. And he spent, like, half of his money on, like, an endless supply of booze. Yeah. (laughs) I was also saying, too, because you guys now, like, the ship's really damaged and stuff, I can give you, like, a huge chunk of credits and then just drain all of it into repairs. Um, It was fun, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. You want to get into some Age of Sigmar? Yeah, I do. You do. So, (laughs) uh, we're going to save this for the next episode, but since by the time this comes out and then the next episode comes out, it's going to be like a month later. You're still going to do a special Age of Sigmar episode, right? I think so. I think that'll be the next one, but we'll talk about the tournament right now, if that's cool with Mm -hmm, you, co-host. So, there was a doubles tournament at uh, GW Young and Lawrence. Nothing on the line, no entrance fee. Kind of more like an organized play tournament. Just come by and we're going to have so many teams here and then we'll be able to play a day of Age of Sigmar. So 1,000 points a player, 2,000 for the team, two battle line, 1,000 point armies. Mm -hmm. Not battle line, not battle forged. Match play armies. Match play, but battle line units. Yeah, battle. you need two battle line units and a leader, etc., etc. So we brought Rat Salad, two Skaven armies. Yeah, well, Skaven with the chaos in there, too. Yeah, whatever, all right? That's that's the salad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we're the only team with a name, with a theme song. And a uniform. Uniform, yeah. We were both wearing black Sabbath yeah. shirts. We didn't bring a mascot, unfortunately. I couldn't find a rat. That would have been awesome. Like a live rat in the in Well, store. maybe not live. Maybe a stuffed <laughs> animal, but you know. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, take it seriously. But yeah, so um, our goal was to win a game. 
and to win we, one game. Yeah, and we won our first game, minor what? victory. Yeah. First game of Age of Sigmar. And then we came to our third game and realized we've been cheating the rest of the day, which also kind of was a goal. So <laughs> Yeah. I said if we, No, to be fair, I said if we haven't won a game by the third one, I'm cheating. Yeah. But we just ended up cheating straight I, away. We're playing Skaven, so it's in character. To be fair, the only thing on my side that would have mattered is I gave and I gave a what the general ability to scroll to scroll yeah. instead I could have given it to the plague first but they all stay next to each other anyways and yeah. buff the same damn unit so yeah. it's not like it's not like yeah okay it was on the wrong guy but it still would have been I don't given think it out would've... by another I don't think it would have changed anything no especially not in our second game or our third one well our third well, one by we, the third one we fair, did yeah. change it <laughs> but we did submit a fully printed out list with it clearly outlined to the to and he didn't say a damn thing so. yeah well to be fair we told him at the end at, during the third game that we cheated and he followed up with the remark of aren't you guys in the last place anyways so yeah well he put us in our place yeah. we weren't in last place i'd like to point out yeah yeah we, i had to run out of the store how when did where did we come out oh they only said the first place team oh and everyone booed him good <laughs> it was mike and uh Leonard, right? Yeah, their, Mike and Leonard with their like bone splitter, iron jaws, crazy arrow boy things. Ugh, so ridiculous. Yeah, they end up shooting like 240 arrows. Yeah. Although, like, he's like, I'm never playing with that list again. Like, uh, that's what Mike was saying. Mm-hmm. Mike doesn't talk like that, but whatever. Um, you should know because he was on our last episode. Yeah. But so he was like, I'm never, don't worry, I'm not using that army again. And we're like, no, 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 we're sending you to tournaments as the ringer. Like, <laughs> no, we're bankrolling. Your yeah. <laughs> Gonna send you a so, yeah, if you play against Mike and his like uh, bone splitters or whatever, yeah, uh, be prepared for some dirty nastiness. Yeah, just bring it. That game should be a true two drink minimum. <laughs> so. I uh, I really like that Sylvanath army. That's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah. Yeah, the trees. Yeah, the tree army. The ant army. Um, both the way that they play. And, like, those models are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, he painted them just gorgeous. Um, he had, like, like snow bases, but he still added, like, some foliage to the to the limbs yeah, and everything. Yeah, like a winter army. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, Who won Best Painted? He did. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the guy whose name we can't remember. Yeah, he was partners with Jason. I know that. Anyways. Anyways, he's sorry. beautiful. If army. you're listening, sorry. We're so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I saw them today. They were coming out of the store. Yeah, he was playing Seraphon, right? Yeah. Yeah, his partner. Mm-hmm. And, well, Two armies that are awesome. We'll talk about this afterwards, I guess. Or maybe we can talk about it now. But if I was to get back into the game, yeah, I'd probably start up Seraphon. Or With Stormcast? Something. No. <laughs> no. Just to win? Yeah. Um, but it was funny. This was... I made it clear to basically everyone that this was the last time I'm playing Age of Sigmar. Yeah. Because it's not my type of game. Mm-hmm. Don't worry though, we're still covering Age of Sigmar stuff. Ian is still all about that game. Oh, I've got eighty clan rats. Yeah, plus whatever. Ian clan just rats received I'm a massive donation of, of clan rats. Sixty nine. I built eleven this morning, and I still so. have another twenty for you here. Yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna have well over. I'll have a, at around a hundred. Yeah, you'll have what you probably need. Hopefully, you can make Skaven succeed now because hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's just not the game's not for me, man. I yeah, find myself I, just like rolling my. I don't have enough fun. To like mm-hmm. justify spending money and time of painting and like hobbying when I just don't enjoy yeah. playing that game. Well, I'm probably gonna. For me, it's a big hobby project as well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm probably gonna run my Skaven in the Armies on Parade thing Sweet. coming up. Yeah. So that's where I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. I might bring. I'm going to the cottage this weekend. I might bring something to paint too, right just because I just keep that flow going. 
Yeah, I've been working on I was working on my warp lightning cannon before this. And I got a second warp lightning cannon in the yeah, mail with the older you. one. So Is it metal? Yeah. No, right just on. a so big you, hunk of metal. Is it painted? Nope. Oh, it's not right on. So you don't have to green stuff it or anything. Or no, not green I, stuff, it's it, simple. It's green. missing a few pieces, like a wheel and some arms for the crew, but mm, that's fine. Skaven's good for converting. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I got uh, the Arch Warlock guy who's like the heavily armored rat. Mm-hmm. And, that and you was just a big showed me your... Uh, Oh, Battlestander Bear. Battlestander Bear, who is fucking amazing. Yeah, so it's a kit-bashed Skaven guy holding... It's a brass rod with a blood letter banner on it with a corn top Mm -hmm. clipped off. And then the Vermin Lord Deceiver head on top of the banner. And it's just this massive thing. And it's the Battlestander Bear, which is like a key part to my new list to keep everyone from running Mm -hmm. and giving bonuses and stuff. Yeah. So... Um, See no, I look goes. forward to seeing it on the battlefield. It's pretty awesome. I yeah. think your army is really, really sick. Yeah, uh, I want to convert a warlord too because they're. I know you think they're garbage, but with the way my army works, you can give a unit an extra attack. And oh melee. no, they're good so. with like massive units of clan rats. Yeah, yeah. Just so. would you have bought that many clan rats? No, no, yeah. Well, maybe or like maybe I. My... Well, I was gonna buy them used, and then someone gave them to me. Yeah. So I just I don't know I. I'm getting out of the hobby because Skaven's a piece of shit army to play as. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only army I want to play. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, who knows? Maybe there, down the line eventually. I just have other projects that I need to focus yeah. on. So There's some gonna... order that I was building like a lit, mixed order. It that just was... sucks that I have to play order to... Yeah. It's like everything but Stormcast was like I had some elves, some dwarves, some humans, mm-hmm. some lizards, lots of lizards. Yeah. Dinosaurs! Yeah! Yeah. No, that's a pretty cool army. So, I don't know. I'm... It sucks because I kind of was like missed the whole season of war. I was in it for the first week and then and got, got sick, sick and yeah. didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like got a Sigmar bug right now, but everyone's kind of switching over to 40k with Kill Team coming out and might be doing an escalation campaign. There might be a well, there's probably be a campaign, global campaign, yeah, yeah. And I'm still like, wait for me, I'm on Sigmar. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm gonna try and it, it's. I really enjoy painting that army, so I just want to paint more and more rats. Yeah. Well, right now, who knows? Maybe you could get back into Blood Angels if uh, Traders Hate has. Uh, if it has some any Blood Angel stuff in it. My my prediction is that it's just chaos stuff. That's gonna be like Angels of Death, but for chaos. Yeah, there's a good chance. But hopefully, Blood Angels will be the next Black Crusade campaign book. Yeah. So well, be we'll awesome. see. We have stuff to talk about, obviously. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, come back and close out the show. Yeah. That uh, just about wraps up this episode, good yeah. sir. Um, hope everyone enjoyed it. I think I, I know it. I did. I know I did. Yeah, we got. I got some. Uh, I got some aggression off. I just. I needed to get a lot. I needed to vent a little bit about some things this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good one. A lot of different topics. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm. The next episode, I think that we're going to be doing is going to be an Age of Sigmar special. Yeah, and as I've just previously stated i'm getting out of that game you're selling your rats. however i still support the game um but i was not probably, with your dollar yeah not with my dollar i probably won't be on that episode um because i'm also going away for a few weeks yeah got so. a big camping trip coming up and then i'm going to iceland uh yeah for a week so adventure time for me mm-hmm. real adventure time you'll time. be summoning trolls yeah and stuff. exactly yeah real trolls <laughs> i'm definitely gonna get lost up in those mountains so oh god goodbye and this cruel was world. jason's last episode <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, well, so I'm going to be off for an episode, I think. Yeah. But then we'll so, come back strong. Yeah, I'll get a guest or two on to talk about Age of Sigmar. Um, I got a couple of ideas now that we're talking about it because there was a guy who runs, ran the campaign last year for Age of Sigmar. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Um, cool, man. I think uh, if you're in the Toronto area, check out uh, Games Workshop Young and Lawrence. That's yep. where we play. It's our home store. If you're on the Facebooks, facebook.com slash wrong side of the maelstrom. I've been posting up lots of stuff, and I promise it's not all Age of Sigmar, just most of it right now. No, I'm going to start posting a lot more 40K stuff up because yeah. I'm getting a lot of hobby progress done on my Grey Knights. So. Yeah. Um, if you need to contact us, uh, Jason's direct line is 41. 41- no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can contact us at wrong side of the maelstrom at gmail.com. We're also on itoysoldiers.com, so check us out there. Uh, go on iTunes and subscribe Subscribe to the podcast or on SoundCloud. Give us a review of like five stars and shit because we deserve it. Yeah. Um, also, if you're in Toronto, you can check out Hogtown 40K. They play at Dueling Grounds. Mm-hmm. Also, Meeple Mart is getting a strong community back. Yeah. They um, play Sundays, I think. Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Yeah. But I mean, I think if you just post about it in like Toronto 40K on Facebook, uh, someone will respond. Yeah. There's a Facebook group. Yeah. Specifically, Toronto Forty K. That's what. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't gotten a chance out to chance to go out and play with them yet, but yeah. soon, hopefully. I've just been super busy. Yeah, I'm ready for all these trips. So the Young and Lawrence store is right off the highway, so it's super easy for me to get there. I was and thinking I about that today. Away. Yeah, so. <laughs> but that I, still doesn't matter. I still want to get out there and play with other people. I really want to move into the city and then try different places. So yeah, that's my goal for this winter. Um, that's my hobby goal: get an apartment. Get an apartment. Yeah. yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, if you have any questions contact us on facebook remember mm-hmm. we need rules lauren questions uh put your hobby progress up there too yeah like definitely whatever we like what, sharing stuff yeah man uh if you got like you know earnest complaints uh we'll feel them in a back alley with you and, yeah you know. if you want me off the show just tell you yeah. <laughs> i ain't going anywhere uh, i mean we get like thousands of requests to kick jay off every week <laughs> but uh thousands. you know he's a pretty good co-host so yeah what are you gonna do tens of thousands of hate mail <laughs> God, I wish we had tens of thousands of email. <laughs> At least someone was listening to this. <laughs> we we get a fair amount of listeners, no, more no. than I uh, would have thought. Yeah. So, right on, guys. Yeah. I'm Ian, and I'm Jason, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the mail. Store.